Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Monday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk, on AM 1600, KIVABQ.FM, 550-5500. I trust uh, you all can hear me out there. D.Dot Muska, you there? I'm here, sir. All right, there we go. We're in uh, here in the studio. Um, <clears throat> horrible day. Um, you know, anyway, I'm not going to talk about anything here locally that we've been having. we got a lot to get to uh, this afternoon. I think it's the first time Dowd and I are in the studio together. <clears throat> that this year and 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 uh, by the way I, I guess i've been gone so long other people are just recording randomly on my uh on on our tv platform <laughs> i come in i've got no borders so we don't have anything that identifies me or what's going on because that's been deleted since the last time i've been gone. um you know uh, the the transmitter was out so we got all this stuff. who cares anyway we're gonna do our show and uh, that's what we do so much to get to d dowd musk guys it's 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 good to be with you. Can you imagine? We've only been like at half power, a quarter power. You know, if you really kind of think about it, you and I getting in the studio together, I think that's a whole other gear. I think I can feel it when you're here. I mean, at least you got a little bit more cheese coming your way, so you can at least make ends meet as far as the gas prices. And it's it's really good uh, that you've got that. But, you know, we're going to take your calls this afternoon. There's uh, so much to get to. Dowd's got a um, a full slate of, Stuff that I've sent him, and uh, he's turned around and he's sent me. So we've got all the uh, topics uh, that's, that's fit to print, including the Albuquerque Journal's uh, front one on literacy. Uh, we will, of course, uh, discuss inflation, the recession. They've been discussing it all week long. We've told you, we have, as everyone has already told you, we're already in a recession. Uh, during an election year, the p- company, the you know party, the people, whoever it is that's in power is going to go ahead and, you know, soft sell you and tell you that they're not in that situation. It's up to them to go ahead and sell you on why you should keep them in power. And it seems that we have been given every single opportunity to remove them from power, but I don't trust it yet. And that leads me directly to Mylon Simonich, one of the very few times I actually agree with him. How do you spell dysfunction? Uh, N-M-G-O-P. He forgot the N-M doubt on that. So we're going to get into that, uh, you know, discussion. He uh, mentioned six statewide races, six, count them. And he doesn't anticipate, uh, I believe, doubt a one, not not a single one. So uh, I would actually uh, agree with him with the exception of the very top of the ticket. I don't think that the Republicans, us Republicans, have a chance in any of them except for AG. And I think we're going to mess that one up, it looks like, uh, because the Republican Party isn't doing what it needs to do. And uh, the gubernatorial race. I guess we're not counting lieutenant governor uh, race as a uh, statewide because it's sort of like old Saran. But Mark Ronchetti is doing a good job of just keeping himself out of, I think, the GOP in general. Yeah, yeah I mean, I you don't you don't even see him running as a Republican nope. candidate. He is <laughs> he's running as Mark Ronchetti. He is not running as a Republican. So I happen to th- like this line of thinking right now, given how badly the Republican Party is performing. And uh, given that there's a number of Republicans who continue to battle back against uh, Mark Ronchetti and Jamie McCloskey unnecessarily, it's really dumb, folks. Uh, you, we need a change. Uh, please do. So um, I alluded to the fact that uh, one Karen Bedoni uh, was uh, sort of in heat and hot water because of her campaign finance reports and 
She is all about food and lodging, boy, that woman. Uh, she did not buy a billboard, and uh, they caught her on that. So uh, good uh, good on Brett Coconutis for calling that out. I called that out during the first hour of uh, Friday's show. So uh, there was a response uh, from the Bedoni campaign. Do you mean the, the carpetbagger Brett Coconutis? I believe he was referred to as a, a carpetbagger. A carpetbagger, yeah, yeah from uh, – I don't even know. Is any, when's the last time we've used that word? Uh, it's been years, but there is officially people who are in-house who do that. Uh, Martin Heinrich is the head guy. Um, the Fed, we are going to get a three-quarter point increase in the interest rate. That's coming. Uh, and you're praying that it's not a full point increase at this point. Okay. Because that would be one and three-quarter point increase. And nothing says that you're in a recession more than you can't afford the very things that you're in. You don't actually have to have negative growth, which is in sort of an archaic way of viewing. Uh, we're going to take a look at someone who shared uh, uh, an entirely different way of looking at economies. And I'm not sure if you checked out that link, but you could would have found it at rockoftalk.chat. And it was unbelievable because when it you have a $1.7 trillion economy in Russia, and it's literally beating the you-know-what out of the European economies. And uh, I want to talk about a different way of looking at things because the upside down is the commodities are worth a heck of a lot more than whatever GDP you're using to measure. I think uh, we're going to have to go ahead and uh, revise the way that we look at economies. Were we looking at GDP uh, during World War I, World War II? They didn't have anything. We used to have something called gross national product, and we got rid of that, I believe, in probably, what, the early 80s, I think. So mm, yeah. I think it's time to get rid of the GDP as well. Gas prices, they continue to sort of dribble down, but uh, putting everything in perspective, most people are so stupid, like, oh my gosh, they're going down, I feel better. Well, you shouldn't feel better because uh, they're still at a record high for this time of the year. And uh, the news is not telling you that because they are, of course, on the side of the Democrats. We'll get into gas prices, how you are also feeling like you're in a personal recession. Um, Your president, yes, he has COVID. And uh, even the top of the hour news reports are cheering him along. He seems to be recovering nicely, uh, USA Networks is saying. I mean, can we get a fair shake any longer? Uh, I think this was meant to, at the very same time, uh, Dr. Fauci puts out another mask mandate. And we see these San Diego schools. We'll talk about what's happening with the San Diego schools and their mask mandate uh, that is there. Lee Zeldin, his attacker, D. Dowd Muska, did not, did not get charged and was let without bail, but was brought in on federal charges a day later. But uh, the news isn't mentioning that. Uh, they're only mentioning that he was uh, getting off. Uh, the whiny babies out there continue to complain about the heat wave. Um, I've been in Dallas and Phoenix as of late, and I will tell you, there is really no heat wave you have very the one good thing that New Mexico gets right. The one good thing is its weather. Uh, we'll talk about Sri Lanka. They've got a new president. Uh, Stephanie Garcia Richards, a nice write-up there at uh, rockoftalk.chat. You've already seen it. Actually, it's a very nasty write-up, but that's what I do best. <laughs> I, I meant that. I meant, I meant to come a in. Nice a, a nice, nasty. A nice, nasty. There you go. Is it, it sounds like a, a hot date, if you know what I mean. Uh, Colton Schoen, uh, getting some international press. Uh, Native American Colton Schoen. Uh, and his woke ideology, uh, he tried to impress upon you last week in terms of your hiring skills, and he tried to talk to your HR department. We're going to review that in its entirety. That's fun. Uh, we'll discuss literacy, as I mentioned before, and then the uh, sad news as uh, the most alcoholic-driven, uh, uh, alcohol-abusive state, and it's not even close. It is not even close. Nobody abuses alcohol quite like the people of New Mexico. 
And then, uh, Dowd, I think your favorite, uh, the Guns for the Gift Card uh, exchange that uh, went Near on. Near and dear to my heart. Yes, I went up in Santa Fe. We're going to show you how incredibly effective that has been. And then uh, Elon Musk, I guess he has uh, been uh, test driving other vehicles as of late. <laughs> uh, uh, this out of the New York Times, he's calling it bunk. Uh, there's a lot more details uh, than Elon Musk would like to say. Um, Sergey has been divesting himself of a number of Tesla shares. I doubt he drives a Tesla any longer. Uh, he received, I believe, one of the very... How close are they? Well, they parked their cars... <clears throat> <coughs> they, they parked their cars in the same garage there, D-Dowd Muska, uh, sort of, uh, so to speak. Uh, Silicon they, Valley is a um, little, little wild when it comes to some of their personal practices. You know, they like those, As we uh, learned a couple months ago in that expo. Yeah, right? they like their open relationships, yeah. right? The, the swingers, the swingers party up there, and then the, the swingers in Santa Fe. Um, so there's certainly all of that. So as you can tell, folks, there is a lot of ground to cover. I know that you're uh, likely uh, happier that I'm at least on the mic in studio. The technical difficulties uh, uh, seemingly gone away. And then, of course, D-Dowd Muska here as well. Maybe we should do this every day. What will it take? Well, it'll take your subscription to rockoftalk.chat for one. It'll take your attention here to our radio force too. And as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in here on AM600 KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, back and forth. Brothers, and then uh, also Elvis Presley as well. So, Ubi Doobie Roy Orbison decided to record the song, and then he uh, reached his first big hit. So, there you go. Uh, recorded uh, one of his first uh, albums right here in Old Nuevo Mexico. Uh, hard to believe that uh, everything has even moved to Texas. We'll talk about this later in the week. Things are moving to Arizona and Texas, including the film industry. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the week. Uh, as outlined in the Business Outlook, the uh, Albuquerque Journal. Uh, very, very thin, thin paper. Um, not much really here. But as you can see there, D-Dowd Muska, there it is. The film industry uh, finding greener pastures. Certainly uh, more beneficial. They have more money uh, economically. Uh, comparatively speaking, when you're comparing the two states, there's no comparison. Just like there's no comparison between Donald Trump and one Joseph, uh, what is it, Robinette? Robinette. 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 Uh, Biden, who is not doing a good job, ladies and gentlemen. You know this. We know this. And now he can't even do the bad job that he was doing. He can't even do the job. And his wife doesn't really want him to do his job either. She's talking about him in the past tense, sort of already alluding to the things that we talked about and the bold prediction that I made. I talked to another person. Let's just say you know his name, and he has been free running his predictions as well and has been advising uh, people in the Kiva for quite a while. And he says, it doesn't look like Joe Biden's going to make it to October. Our country is sinking. 
The Western Hemisphere is sinking. The United States is sinking. Democrats are looking down the barrel of the midterm elections. And things look pretty good for them, you know, all things considered. They own the House. They have the tie-breaking vote in the Senate. They had a landslide presidential victory. And then all of a sudden, they got a couple of defeats that they seemed that they wanted to focus on in the uh, justice, or excuse me, the, the judiciary branch with Roe v. Wade. And what did they do? They decided to go ahead and focus on that, the negativity, and say, oh, here's all the reasons why we can't do it and why we won't do it. And look how fast we're growing and then make up numbers right there in front of you. When it comes to competing, Republicans are defending 22 of the 34 seats being contested in the Senate. 22 of 34. Odds are pretty good in the Democrats' favor. That looks really good. Dems are not defending any seats in states won by Donald Trump. I repeat, the Dems are not defending any seats in states won by Donald Trump. Yet we continued as conservatives to talk about this landslide victory. These are the numbers. We're actually playing defense. They're on offense. They have the media. And you don't think that they can control this cycle? They've got the money. The governor of California is spending money in Florida as well as Texas. We don't have all the reasons to be entirely optimistic, folks. On a state-by-state basis, their wokeism is actually prevailing right now. It's changing policy on school boards, and we're only sitting here repeating to ourselves the small victories that we're getting all in red states, not in blue states. People are moving to red states instead of changing the blue states to red. No one is talking about this thread. I repeat, people are picking up and moving to red states. They're not changing blue states to red. That does not change the equation. Republicans have realistic hopes of flipping five seats, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, New Hampshire, and Colorado. In 24, they expect to be competitive in West Virginia, Montana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, Michigan, and Nevada. What do we know about those states? Well, they're sort of purple, every single one of them. If too many reds leave there and go to red states, then those purple states turn blue. Why is it that we as Republicans can't do the math? The Democrats know this. Pay attention. It's a bad thing to put too much hope in hope. And hope is not a strategy. You cannot be engaged in any more wishful thinking about the future. You have to put pen to paper. We didn't do election reform at all while Donald Trump was in office. We saw what happened to us in 2020. That's the long and the short of us, short of it. Joe Biden is an absolute train wreck. Nobody has any confidence. The next president will likely be a Democrat with them installing. And here's the the equation. If Kamala comes in before the end of the year, which is kind of what you, which is kind of what you hope, okay, then she doesn't get to serve, I think, two successive terms. She won't be able to be reelected, something along those lines, or she wouldn't be able to get another election. I know we're talking about this as a possibility. You're not even possibly even thinking about this. But if she comes in after the 20th, right, then I guess 
she could run for two more seats, possibly serving 10 years oh, if she gets elected no, a second time. No. Yes. That's what we're looking at right now. And I know people are not thinking about things this way. I know everyone's like, oh, red wave, here it comes. So I'm going to uh, take a little detour here, and I'm going to talk about the dysfunction that is the GOP, because this is where I would actually agree with Mylon Simonich. And let's, let's look at this locally for a second. How do you spell dysfunction? Try GOP. Dowd, he went state by state, seat by seat. The GOP is completely and totally divided. I think Jay McCluskey and Mark Ronchetti are doing a, a good job of staying out of the GOP entirely, okay? Under Pierce's leadership, he writes, Republicans didn't bother fielding a candidate for the most potent position that they could have got state auditor. I know we had Wayne Johnson last time. It was the last Republican state auditor we had. It's the office assigned to stop government waste and fraud. Democrat Joe Maestas is on a free ride to the general election becoming state auditor. You know how much it, it ails me to think that he is, and I guess uh, Jason Valancourt is going to bow out as a libertarian candidate. You're literally handing them a seat. And we've got people we're running for other positions, okay? Can you name who they are? Are you just going to be voting against the Democrat? That's not going to be enough to do it, not in this state, folks. By and large, many Republicans doubt. I think you had a, a, a listener or a, a subscriber today who decided to pick up and move over to a red state, they're to leaving. Texas. They're, they're leaving, yep. Leaving, okay? That's what's happening to Republicans. Is they're picking up, they're taking their money, and they're moving it to a tax-free state. And the Democrats know this. That's why they're not going on the attack as much. They don't have to play that nice. They don't have to actually, you know, make any sort of concessions to their base because they know that they still have that Trump hate that is entrenched in there. Even their very worst candidate, Raul Torres, who should absolutely lose, who has probably one of the worst records as Bernalillo County District Attorney. And the way that Milan Simonich, the way he couches it, is it's almost a certainty at this point, given that the Republican Party hasn't got behind him. Jeremy Gay. Secretary of State, no chance. Toulouse Oliver takes it in a runaway. I wish I had better news for you. I wish we could say that we are going to change, but the same paradigm that exists on a national level in that we're looking at the wrong way, we're looking at things the wrong way here in the state of New Mexico as well because you don't have leadership in the party. The party is literally non-existent. We're probably going to lose a couple of house seats as well. They're going to take credit for lowering gas prices. They're going to take credit for coming out of COVID, for keeping them safe. They're going to take credit for all these things. And by and large, I guarantee you have a diminishing number of Republicans registering overall. Maybe you have more as a proportion, but you probably have less people. I'd love to take a look at those registration numbers where we're at right now and how hard are the Republicans working on registering people. I know we registered a lot. I know we tried, tried to get more and more people registered as Republicans. And you can do same-day registration. 550-5500, that's 
550-5500, just starting from right there. Well, Eddie, don't forget we got three consecutive months of stimmy checks that the Democrats are going to be able to take credit for in New Mexico. I, I got mine in the mail the other day. August, September, I'm, right? And I'm going to get July, and then I'm going to get August. So, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe, you know, maybe I'll go Democrat this year. Yeah, I'll tell you, that's <laughs> for a low-information voter, that's basically all you're going to need. She well, takes care hey, of I, us. Listen, I, I like Simonich's comment uh, on Jeremy Gay because this Juneteenth news release that the GOP put out for the state maybe didn't even mention the fact that their AG general, their main general candidate, is black. Right. <laughs> they blew it. We did. We're going to keep blowing it. Unless we change the way we look at things. Back after a quick break. Thanks for listening. You gotta take if you're lonely, heartbreak, only But money can't buy an election, uh, that is for sure. You got to check out where the uh, latest uh, postings are going to be on uh, who hit the post as far as uh, June and July. I know that Ron Ketty is uh, outselling uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham right now, but she had a sizable lead. So we'll get into the money part about that a little bit later on in the week as well and uh that song it was uh by the way comes from uh the third album a hard day's night started a 21 week run in 64 at the top of the uk charts it was the first beatles album to be recorded entirely on a four track tape remember your eight tracks allowing for good stereo mixes do you have any eight tracks uh doubt hanging around your, uh, your i am old but i'm not that old <laughs> <laughs> i remember the uh, pink eight track of uh Led Zeppelin that my dad had, which uh, was was pretty cool. I think we should probably cover literacy now because uh, it was uh, none other than Michelle Lujan Grisham who had the uh, commercial of the boys, young children chasing, we're leaving them behind, we're leaving them behind, leaving them behind. And there's the front page uh, article. Low literacy linked to New Mexico's poverty. They can reinforce each other through generations. Uh, This is day one of a two-day series on the connection between low literacy rates and poverty. And I couldn't help but like, okay, we're talking about literacy. Look at the way that this is written. Low literacy linked to New Mexico's poverty. How about poverty linked to low literacy rates? That's the way that you write that uh, article. That's the way you write that headline. Um, Same thing I would say by Ryan Botel. Listen to how misleading this particular, and this is uh, different than the literacy, Two killed in rail runner vehicle crash. Spokesperson uh, who is, uh, can't think of it. Oh, Gussie Myers. There she is. Spokesperson about 90 people were on train. No injuries reported. That's the subtext after it says two killed in rail. You don't have two killed? (laughs) The subtext is that there was uh, no injuries. Well, the good news is, you know, you're dead, but the good news is you weren't injured. (laughs) There you go. So, um the photo itself, if you happen to be watching on Rock of Talk TV, is also very misleading. And, you know, these are the very things. Now, look at what's strange about that photo. What's strange about that photo? It's like the children don't know what the hell to do with a book. They think it's a toy. They're like, oh, what is this, mom and dad? Do, do what, what does it do? Or mom or, or dad or most, most likely tata or nana or, you know, <laughs> no daddy. No mama, you know, the grandparents are raising them. 
Children at Westgate Community Center, they have no idea whether they're right side ups or, or upside down. I'm not picking on them, but that's clearly like an eight to nine year old. And he's he's got a fifth grade book that says, how do dinosaurs stay friends? Like uh, you need to be a beyond that uh, age at that point. <laughs> Enjoy free books as part of the Albuquerque Public School story time in the park program. Um, also noticeably uh, missing from all this is the drag queen that should be reading to these young children. Did we not forget that? I think we forgot that uh, as well. You've been so incredibly focused on your wokeness and making sure that you can do what it takes to not offend and include everyone and be inclusive, including to the drag queens. They forgot to the most important part of this whole thing about a library, which is people need to read. They need to check out books. They need to know. Uh, I remember we used to go to Learn about the microfiche. Nobody even knows what the hell a microfiche is Oh, I miss those days at the college library running the machine. Yeah, you could look it up and magnifying and little knob in the middle, right? (laughs) (laughs) It would just strip and strip and strip. I tried to explain that to my nephew. He would just look right through me. Like, what what planet are you from? (laughs) Here's the grim news for New Mexico. New Mexico. Do we have the highest poverty rate or is it Mississippi? Okay, we're going to get into it now. <laughs> okay. 19.1%, the third highest in the country, okay? Well above the national poverty rate. We're one and a half times the national poverty rate. The rate is even higher for New Mexico's children. This is from the Albuquerque, our partners at the Albuquerque Journal. Media partners. Uh, media partners. The rate is even higher for New Mexico's children, uh, the ones that try to partner up with Utah. 28% of children under age five live in poverty, which is 100% of them get free meals. Let's not forget that. None of them are hungry. None of them. The 2020 federal poverty level was 26,500. The 2021, uh, the Joe Monahan sponsored Kids Count data book for New Mexico shows that 76% of fourth graders and 79% of eighth graders are not proficient in reading. Have we ever had a national spelling bee, you know, finalist uh, come from New Mexico? No. I looked, I asked my friend Paul, I said, have you ever had anybody coming from the state of New Mexico? Not even a homeschooler? No, not even a homeschooler. homeschooler. Never had anybody do it. I have my kids going through their spelling bee stuff right now. And there you go. Why can't we vote the right way? Maybe people can't read. <laughs> there was the very famous election of uh, John Sanchez versus Raymond Sanchez. And we know that John Sanchez did not get elected in that House 15. There was no reason to elect John Sanchez in a, uh, what was it, 64% registered. But hey, you know, I think I voted for the Sanchez. No. Oh, yeah, the, which one? The top? I don't know, Mira. I can't see. I can't see very well. I, I voted for Sanchez. No, but e, don't you know that the other one's Sanchez too? E, Sonso, why are you so stupid? <laughs> we can't vote. We can't read very well. So people don't read instructional manuals. Uh, hardly a person can uh, seemingly read a menu. I imagine uh, going through the uh, 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 you know Indian, Asian uh, or Chinese menus, uh, some, certainly not a lot of confusion there, right? Just you want, want what they want. But more importantly, people don't have any sort of cultural inebriation. They're not indulging themselves in the classic work. So when you're constantly fighting against works that you have nothing against, I mean, you have not, nothing to compete with and you create this woke ideology, which is critical race theory, and you try to indulge them in these new ways of thinking, well, it doesn't matter if they know how to read or if they don't, they're going to do what they're told. And guess who has the biggest influence if they can't read? Those teachers. Just give me the answers. Just tell me what it's going to be. 
I told you that Republicans and conservatives are picking up and moving. There are schools in Phoenix, Arizona called BASIC. They're the highest rated in the entire country. B-A-S-I-C. You have to test to get in them. The schools in Texas perform at a far higher rate. North Dakota has the highest SAT scores. Okay? They don't need to have school choice because they perform very well. Utah spends on average about $7,000 a pupil per year. We spend more than twice that much to educate a Burkeño student, and yet we have a dropout rate that is the highest in the country. What we have is a problem of culture here. This isn't a literacy issue. This is a cultural issue. If the parents don't read, let me assure you, the kids are not going to. Let me repeat. If the parents don't read, kids are not going to. It's just that simple. If you have a mother or a father who like to read books, the kids, the children will read. What if you have a broken home? Well, likely mom's trying to make ends meet. She doesn't read. Children are not going to read. Follow here. It's really simple. You guys can all talk about this in the very same way because you can all relate to this. Kids don't know what old yeller is. They don't know what sounder is. They don't know where the red fern grows. They don't know anything about blubber or tales of a fourth grade, nothing. They're reading picture books and playing video games all day long. I doubt anybody, even most of the people who listen to the radio station all the time, know what Tuttle Twins is. Now, do you have a, uh, a child or, excuse me, a nephew that performed uh, in the 1400s on his SAT scores? Uh, yeah, first, first pass was uh, 97th percentile. And uh, I guarantee one of the first skills that they, you drove into him, as well as everybody else, nobody reads more than doubt, nobody that I know of. First thing was reading, uh, reading, absolutely. reading. My mother's proudest memory of raising her son. They caught me with a flashlight under my covers. It was not a Playboy magazine. It was a book that I was <laughs> Of course it was. I uh, laugh because that's absolutely true. The folks, um, there's no reason to do a two-part series. What's even funnier about this is it's in a newspaper that has 4% readership, if that. 4% of the population. How many people are actually picking that up and writing about it or uh, reading that? Not many. Nobody reads anymore. It really is that simple. People are binge-watching Netflix, binge-watching this, binge-watching that, but they're not reading. You know how long we have to read just to kind of talk extemporaneously on things and not read on air? That's what we have to do. You have to go in-depth on these subjects. The same thing for your children. Summer reading at St. Pius X. We had it every summer. Oh, yeah. Four to five books. Yep, me too. Yep. Biggest scandal that ever happened for my class. And guess who didn't participate? I was one of like 30 kids that didn't get the, the answers. One person stole all the answers and all of them got docked half a grade. In my opinion, they shouldn't have got, they should get docked an entire grade and it should have hurt them on their, on their entrance stuff. Now I did, I did, I did get, uh, I did get knocked down for plagiarizing. A uh, gaze in the military article from a, from a, a 1992 edition of, uh, the world and I, I lifted about three sentences from there should be no gays in the military. The don't ask, don't tell. Right. <laughs> well, I just didn't, I didn't understand what sexualization had anything to do uh, in, in the military. These people are serving. Uh, the don't ask, don't tell should have been you know entirely thrown out as far as I was concerned. Uh, there shouldn't be any question. Of, and look where we are 30 years later. Was I right back then? Absolutely. <laughs> like the, I, wherever you stick it, wherever you lick it, whatever you do, okay? 
And I'm not being more descriptive than that because I'm not violating anything by doing so. But whatever you decide to lick it and stick it, let me tell you, it's nobody's business. 550-5500. That's 550-5500 here in the Kiva. We'll take a quick break and uh, bring it back. And we're trying to hit more of our breaks and reward more of our sponsors. We've got a brand new bug guy on the air. I'm finally back to put him in. Uh, I want to put him on the air because the Joe show, he does a little, uh, he does a little um, show on his own. And he was carrying it on Clyde Lewis's network for a while. So we'll have to get him in as well. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Back in three. Thanks for listening. I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me love. Buy me love. You can be here by 4.30 Cause I've made your reservation Don't be slow No, 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 no No, 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 Cause I'm Oh, the monkeys, there they are That was their first big hit there, Dowd The last train to Clarksville A couple of uh, people killed on the train this weekend Not good believe uh how does that happen how does some random vehicle just run into the rail runner like what goes on it was in broad daylight 11, 11 oh it was i didn't see what yeah, 11 15 a.m between a vehicle and a train so uh the uh, last train and apparently you know from according to steve uh one of our listeners who's also an avid writer i think he's very literate uh reads and writes quite Green a place. little bit yeah <laughs> he's doing all sorts of stuff and um he uh, was talking about how he had waited for a train at four o'clock and it didn't end up coming in until eight o'clock. <laughs> he had to hang out in downtown Santa Fe. And uh, he was also educating us. Uh, these are the things that you can find by com- becoming a subscriber at rockoftalk.chat. And he stated that the train, if I'm not mistaken, was sold uh, as a means to transport workers from Albuquerque to Santa Fe to work up in the roundhouse. Yeah. Free transfer. One more benefit from the government dole there. All those bennies, uh, right? I'll take a quick call. Caller, you in the Kiva. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, that I don't know why. Santa Fe Railroad don't have that problem with running over cars, and Amtrak don't have that problem, but the Richardson Choo Choo has been plagued with that problem since its inception. I don't. Part of the problem is it's, it's not, it don't make a lot of noise. They drive her from the back end half the time. They, it just, they do everything half backwards on it. That's the problem. With well, what if, what if we're just Choo-choo. cursed? We're just, we're just cursed. How about that? Yeah, well, it could be. But that, that's we're, not why I, you called, though. Well, you just no, wanted, no, that's you not just wanted to jump no. in on that. Uh, on what, that yeah. what's your, what's your anyway, here, here's, here's the situation on our border and here in New Mexico with the Republican Party. <clears throat> Same thing. Okay, you got this big offensive line, seven foot three, four hundred pounders, and you got a six foot two, three hundred pound fullback <clears throat> running the ball over our border, and we can't tackle him. Well, the same thing, Republican Party, New Mexico, they can't tackle. They get run over every play. They're losing ten yards a play, and the Democrats ten yards, ten yards, ten yards touchdown. Republican Party cannot stop them because they're idiots. Um, I don't blame Ron Kitty from spacing himself away from it. I believe Jeremy Gay and Audrey Trujillo are good candidates, but the problem is, is you got good 
few good Republican Party candidates, but you, you, they're, they're, the Republican Party is too divided amongst what little bit of conservatives there are and the Rockefeller wing. That's the problem with it. And what's her name there that, that ran for PRC, and then she ran several times um, for that first congressional seat, blonde-haired gal. I'm oh, yeah, what. Janice Earl Jones, con- uh, controlled I, opposition. Controlled opposition is all she is. And there's a whole bunch of them like that. Unfortunately, the gal, the police officer we got running now, is going to lose to the blonde-headed moron who's about, 14 years old. Um, she's going to lose to her. Everyone, it's just going to be a loss. I see it all the way down the line. Yvette Harrell is the only one with a backbone, uh, you know. Yeah, but they, they uh, overstacked the deck uh, against her. Oh, they're going to stack it against. Well, well yeah. let me, let me uh, you're kind of all over the place, but just to kind of, you know, come to a fine point on this, and that is you need to get out and vote uh, insofar as we can give ourselves a fighting chance. And uh, I think I would rather hear people Tell us why we need to get out and vote as opposed to, oh, we're going to win in a landslide. It's a red wave because I think, oh, no, not I, here. I think, not here. I think that that is voter suppression. I appreciate your phone call. 550 5500. That's 550 5500. I was really going to wait for third hour for phone calls, but if you're going to jump in, uh, that's a pretty good call. All right. So, Fulton Schoen, I'll tell you why. This is why we lose as Republicans. It's because the priorities in New Mexico are totally out of whack. Uh, it's the woke politics. I told you the same literacy. You're more interested in having drag queens uh, read and, and defending that as opposed to the, the fact that our children can read. I mean, drag queens aren't going to be helping the children focus on a book. They're going to be focusing on drag queens. Um, sort of like going back to work. You're not exactly focused on going back to work. Well, the folks on the other side of the pond uh, paid a little attention to KOB Channel 4 and uh, the very woke Colton show. He got international recognition. D. Dowd Muska. Round of applause for a local uh, so kid, right? <laughs> he's, uh, he's a little bitty, uh, but his issues uh, are great big bitty. And just like the state of New Mexico, we're going to lift this uh, from something called uh, They Will Never Move On From Pronouns. Uh, they're literally making fun of New Mexico and the news and their agenda-driven stuff. Take a listen right here. This is uh, some very interesting stuff coming, as I as I mentioned, from across the pond on QB Channel 4. You have the news itself in America seems to have just become daily propaganda in yeah. this regard. It's creepy. And here's just I a- mean, we're screaming this every single day. We're telling you the local news is propaganda every single day. But you'll listen because these guys have a British accent and they're noticing all the way from over there. And we're screaming about it every day. Full section. It'll go on for a little bit, but it's just to get the sense of the, the level of just news that we have here in which you're just being berated for not believing in the ideology. Let's play. Pronouns in the workplace. Do you know what your coworker prefers? Well, joining me today is Heather Talamante, founder of Tell Us About Yourself, Inc. Thanks so much for joining oh, us this that's morning. Oh, clever, Talamante. Tell so us. Let's talk oh, about oh. DEI in the workplace, and that's better known as diversity, equity, and inclusion. Don't you know that's, uh, that's what DEI is about? Yeah, diversity, equity, and inclusion? DEI, as we uh, refer to it. Acronym and hyphenated last names. There it is. That's all you need. How do we go about the discussion of pronouns? So essentially the employee will reach out and say, hey, this is my preferred pronoun. This is how I would like to be addressed in the workplace. She looks so stupid. 
just with those stupid horned rim woke glasses or little like I could tell you exactly how she takes her coffee. I don't want to be mean, goes, oh, but yeah. I, I would if I were a meaner man, I'd use the uh, phrase princess not so bright. But I, but that's OK. Uh, no, that's good. I like it. Uh, Heather Talamante. How we go about it is by respecting their request, right? So you want to make sure when they say this is what I would like to be referred to, um, we address it and we we honor that and we uh, moving forward use that term Changes whether it's he she <laughs> they them there. Not everyone knows your like preferred pronoun. We want to make sure we honor that request they, and make them. them feel comfortable in the workplace. They're, they're selling T-shirts at Old Navy with he she they them on it. Yeah, to little kids. Someone is refusing to use uh, oh, someone's preferred oh, pronouns. And what? this will happen. I will be very honest. In the oh, workplace, it, this will happen. We have honest. feelings about the pronoun. We don't agree with it. So we don't know why we have to use it. Uh, so it's important if you don't agree um, to still just use their first name. This isn't something that would rise to the occasion of getting written up if you refuse to use it. All right. Here comes the kicker. Remember. Classic projection, these total borderline personality narcissists, these cluster B personalities that are totally messed up in the head. Here they come at you. Classic projection and lay it on us, Talamante. This could rise to the occasion of bullying. That train's never late. This is how I would like to be referred. Um, please stop. Aren't they bullying you with their culture? With this day in, day out, they just say it with a smile. They just say, just say it with a smile. It's not bullying. You know, calling me, me when I would like to be called she, um, and this person just refuses to do it and kind of has that like tone about it. Oh, the so, tone! Um, they have the tone just about it. Manage it as you, you can. Know, the it, as like the employee, the if somebody's refusing, just reach out to your manager or HR. Oh, that'll solve it. the authorities. It's more comfortable for you, but always speak up. <laughs> right there, you go. That's it. That's it. You go to HR and they'll enforce it. Oh, I yeah. see. It's not mandatory. Yeah. It's not ideology that we're forcing on people. They can still say the first yeah. name. Except if they continually deny them, we'll get HR and the manager and get them fired. Okay, how about this? My pronoun is your majesty, and now I'm going to go to HR. You didn't call me your majesty. 100%. How about that? Malicious compliance, folks. Make make your pronouns as wild and offensive as you can. Your royal highness, uh, the right honorable. Yeah, just really make them ridiculous. Yeah, And then go to HR and complain when Karen over here didn't use it properly. But also just the, the weirdness. I, I feel like I'm watching like a Western mirror image of memory TV. Like, you, know, you know memory <laughs> TV is like, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's the hour. Well, there you go. I'm already getting uh, people texting me who know uh, Miss Talamante here locally. Ooh. Yeah, I'm acquainted with Talamante. She is HR at a local financial institution, but I didn't realize that she was that nutty. Eddie. <laughs> uh, F these people. They can all die. God, please liberate the gene pool. Uh, there we go. Uh, She's Let's a see. smart, smart young lady. I mean, I think we've all been in the workplace. What problem in the workplace hasn't been quickly solved by writing someone up with HR? I that, think that, that solves leads, everything. That smooths things over mm. immediately, right? It doesn't make things worse. I, I noticed that she also used the word mediation down. Okay. Yeah, you want to mediate things as quickly as possible. So that way, bring in HR to mediate. Yes. We need a third party intermediary at the workplace. So more reasons, I guess, not to go to work. If there's any reasons not to go to work and you actually are a worker, uh, this would be the reason. So you don't have to interface with people who demand to be referred to a particular way that is not their name, which is strange. Where did this come? How did this gen? I still don't get it. I'm a smart guy, but I don't understand the need or desire or want or how this originated. I don't understand anything about it. Uh, on a quick 20 second doubt, can you tell me anything about the origins of this? How this came about and why they they wanted to be referred to this way. I spend most of my time researching uh, reality and mm. sanity, so I can't. I'll, I'll have to go into yeah, the crazy town. 
the crazy town section of the college library to find out where all this comes from. Eddie, she can call me Big Papa. There you go. <laughs> lay, lay, lay it down. Reading, writing, and arithmetic and a study of our founding documents should be completed by the eighth year of school, as was done in the 30s. Anything more is indoctrination. Hi, Eddie. No more water in the river. Frank from La Vega on the arena. I'm from the Bosque. No, there's no water in the, the Bosque. Eddie, uh, shalom. We're grateful that you're back. And another good station was gone as well. In fact, there were five stations off today. 1050, really? 920, 840, 1000, all AM station, but you're listening to the greatest AM station on the airwaves here. Look, we on AM Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk, and AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, here on this Monday afternoon, hour two, coming at you from the ABQ on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting, Stitcher, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as Audible. And don't forget, as always, you can download the apps at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com, and become a subscriber at rockoftalk.com dot chat as well d down muska here in studio a rare appearance where both of us are both here uh, d down muska i've been traveling heretofore everywhere and uh you've been keeping you've been you've been hanging out here in the studio i gotta say i'm i'm, I'm happy e-pro, that, that e-pro and i have been here together. oh e-pro, e-pro. I, I hate that name okay I, i'll stop using it if you don't like it i, yeah. I it's not my name yeah, no, I, I, uh, we, we told him that Natalie and I told him is we just don't like Epro. I don't know where that name came from. It's from Dinah Vargas, and I, I do whatever Dinah tells. Me. <laughs> I don't do what anything. I don't do anything. Di- Dinah Tough tells women, me. I usually cave immediately. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, 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 it's impossible for me to have any woman tell me what to do, much less someone who has a show on my station. But uh, there you go. Everybody knows that about me. Okay, so we got more texts and more people who really want to focus on this, and why wouldn't they? Because you know, this is their agenda, the wokeism. And, you know, every time we get caught up on this, just understand, understand, we don't look good in this conversation. There's nothing that we can say that's good. Now, if I come beating my chest, macho, it's like, oh, Eddie, I'm glad he stands his ground. You don't want to be that guy. You want to walk away from the conversation entirely. Ridicule, sort of uh, saying, boy, you're, you're some kind of stupid. That's the way you want to address this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want to ignore is what you want to do. You want to ignore it, okay? And people need to understand that. They need to understand that, like, you're your own person. You do what you want to do, okay? You don't have to listen to anybody else. And if you're brought up a certain way, that's the way that you're brought up. And that's the way that you keep going. Like, everyone's trying to appease or appeal to somebody else. You don't have to. You don't have to get in with the new world and, and kind of get in with the new marketing ideas and start TikToking and all that kind of stuff. You don't need to do that, okay? You stick to your guns. You stick to what you know and stay right there, okay? Because remember, uh, uh, if you don't believe in something, you fall for anything. And we have an entire country that falls for everything. Yep. A high level of indoctrination, folks. And that's what's wrong with the country. People can't figure out, well, why is everything broke? Why things don't work? You know, I mean, it seems like there's only a couple states that really get it. Texas, Florida, and well, some parts of Arizona, because Arizona is becoming increasingly woke. And then you've got the rest of the country, which is all trying to follow. So at this point, Texas is going to pick up its secede. 
They don't need to even stay on board with they've, everything. They've been their own it's country a, before. It's a $3 trillion uh, 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 economy. Long coastline. Yeah. They don't need anything. And why wouldn't they just go ahead and succeed with their entire culture? So let's, let's talk about this. One of the most shallow gene pools in the world here in New Mexico. How could you not agree with that? Now, does it help me to go ahead and walk into, you know, a department store or a restaurant? You know what? These people in New Mexico are really stupid. No, it doesn't help me. <laughs> but we can say it here on the radio amongst our audience with the people here. Because, yes, we've proven it. There's the front page news. We are 50th in literacy. We are the worst performing, highest college dropouts. Like, we can say it. But I guarantee you there's going to be some hard-headed New Mexican that's going to come out and argue and say, no, how could you look down on us? Well, I don't have to look down on you. Read them and weep. Those are the facts. Okay. And I know you don't read because the newspaper told me you don't read. And you couldn't read the newspaper. You don't even subscribe to it. So let's, 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 let's figure out that. Invasion of the pod people. It's just nuts. I have no idea how we can peacefully coexist like this. I will just call them it. You wouldn't be wrong. They want to be referred to as something else beyond what it is. Like these personal pronouns. This crazy woman. This nut job of a woman, just listen to her. Listen to her talk about these pronouns in the workplace as if this is normal. And Colton Schoen's egging her on, and she is all sorts of stupid. Oh, hi. Him, her, them, he, they, hers. Go to HR. Please, uh, if they're bullying you. Who's bullying me? You're bullying me with your horn rim glasses and your feminazi ways. That's what you're doing. You're impaling us, and this is what happens when you have way too much of one sex leading. The entire state is led by women. Do, do people not realize that at this point? Including Ben Ray Lujan. <laughs> well, <clears throat> allegedly, allegedly. Let's, let's take a listen to this one more time. This is so good. Well, joining me today is Heather Talamante, founder of Tell Us About Yourself, Inc. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. She's, she's so good to have you back. So first off, let's talk about DEI in the workplace, and that's better known as diversity, equity, and inclusion. Nobody knows what DEI is. Let's stop here. It's not better known as that. This is something they invented. Yep. This is something that they cemented on their network, and this is something that they want you to go ahead, and if you don't, you're a bad man. Bigot. You're sexist. You're racist. You're something. Transphobic. You're everything phobic. You don't have to accept this. How do we go about the discussion of pronouns? Yeah. Why don't you educate us on how you would like for us to speak to you, princess? Oh, I can't call you a princess anymore either because you want to be referred to as her or hers. I wouldn't be able to figure out what the distinction is. I mean, this is just ugly. If you could do this sort of cultural homogeneity by enforcing and trying to normalize something that is totally unnormal and then put it as if something that we should accept, I have to stop watching. And you folks need to get your kids away from this before they become indoctrinated by this fantasy world that they are literally creating right before your very eyes. And if you don't accept it, again, you're racist, you're sexist, you're a bigot. So essentially the employee will reach out and say, hey, this is my preferred pronoun. This is how I would like to be addressed in a workplace. How we go about it is by. Oh, I get it. They're thumbing their noses at the parentals, at their parents, at the previous generation. They don't like what name they were given. They don't they didn't get to choose the sex that they were. They don't get to choose these things. Oh, I'm starting to understand what's going on here. 
This is sort of design. I get to design who I am. You know, in a world that's coming apart, where interest rates are going through, where we're we're involved in wars, where the economy is going in the wrong direction, this should be the priority. He, her, them, she, it. Expecting their request, right? So you want to make sure when they say, this is what I would like to be referred to, um, we address it and we we honor that. And we, uh, moving forward, use that term, whether it's... He, she, they, them, their, whatever they would like to use. I used to remember being chastised for referring to somebody as a he, she. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. You'd see a transgender, you'd be like, well, that's a he, she. Like a cross dress. Now, now they want that. I don't understand. Maybe that's what's going on here. Want to make sure we honor that request and make them feel comfortable in the workplace. What if someone. Is- we want to make them feel comfortable. These people who have these designer ideas about this sort of fantasy about who they might be or who they could have been or something that's damaging their ego in this cluster B messed up personality that they are. And if, folks, if you don't know what cl- uh, cluster B personalities are, the world is dominated by these people. They're absolutely dominated and they want you to go ahead and indulge them in whatever little fits that they want to throw and then make it normal and they'll smile on your face and say, hey, let's just be happy. Can't we all just be happy? See, if you were happy, then everything would be just fine. Refusing to use uh, someone's preferred pronouns. And this will happen. I will be very <laughs> honest. In the workplace, this will happen. We have feelings Listen, about folks, the we pronoun. Feelings. We don't agree with it. Mm. So we don't know why we have to use it. Uh, so it's important if you don't agree. Um, I don't have to, to agree. just use their first name. This isn't something that would rise to the occasion of getting written up if you refuse to use it, but this could rise to the occasion of bullying. That oh, there we go again. Doesn't so, bullying get written up? There I mean, that, you go. That's Maybe an offense repeatedly in asking you. Mm-hmm. This is how I would like yeah, to be referred. Um, please stop, you know, calling stop me she when Jesus. I would like to be called she. Um, and this person just refuses to do it and kind of has that, like, tone about it. So, there you go. The tone. I don't like your tone. I don't like your tone. I mean, so look at the bullying that's really going on, folks. Understand this. I mean, you guys are absolutely fed up. Origins of Gender Insanity is in Feminism 101, taught in Western University since the late 70s. Look up Jordan Peterson standing up to the Canadian government. Donald J. Trump got nearly 75 million votes, more than enough to beat Barack Obama in any year he ran. We'll get on that uh, horse a little bit later. Interesting article on the questionable he, she. He delves into the criminal Richardson is in Russia trying to extradite this thing back to the States. Talking about Brittany Griner. There we go. Back after a quick break. Thanks for listening. Right here in the Kiva. Oh, a little T-Rex, number one in the UK single chart this day in 71 with that song, Get It On. No, it's not uh, an adult film uh, theme. It was the second UK number one for them. It spent four weeks at the top of the charts in the US. It was uh, retitled Banga Gong, uh, of course. There you go. That was the uh, early <laughs> censoring that's going on. You notice everything is censored now. 
doesn't matter what it is. It's got to have a sensor. It's got to be approved. Might it's offend like, somebody. You yeah, you, you got to take a poll on if someone wants to go ahead and run some sort of ad or, you know, it, it's got to get approved. We, we, we crowd tested it, right? Uh, power Station also did the very same thing. Yeah. Uh, they had... Uh, 80s, right? Yeah, the Power Station. Uh, Simon LeBond's partner, um, John Taylor, was... That was his... Uh, um, you had... Uh, what's the guy that died of a heart attack? The one who used to... With all the women, I'm trying to think. Oh, of Robert it. Palmer. Yeah, Robert Palmer. He died of a heart attack at the age of 51. Simply, simply irresistible. Remember that he was on that uh, <clears throat> same song. I didn't mean to turn you on from the power station with John Taylor. So there it is. They die so young, Dowd. Maybe it was all the women that finally sent him over the edge. They'll wear you out. Yeah. <laughs> Especially lecturing you about pronouns. Yeah, there we go. That's all you need. Yeah, for Just... the record, the uh, the Brits you heard when we, when we were playing those clips, that is from uh, a British podcast called The Podcast of the Lotus Eaters. Oh. And they are kind of a conservative, uh, I'd say, not overly socially conservative, but sort of moderate to socially conservative and very rightish on economic matters. And they do a lot of coverage of uh, the states, but they also, of course, cover their home country, which has been a little busy lately with uh, Boris and all of his problems. So um, I'll probably be dropping a few more of those into the uh, Daily Blast once in a while because they have a bunch of a uh, bunch of really sharp young guys who got good educations. Uh, I think at this point they're all males. Uh, you know, over in, over in Britain, they still have some educational standards and uh, good, good, sharp guys. And I like a lot of what they do. Uh, a lotus, by the way, uh, sacred for purity, rebirth and strength. So that's what they eat. Yes. Right? They eat purity, rebirth, and strength. Uh, it's amazing how inoffensive they are with their British accents, right? <laughs> right. You can say anything. Uh, well, you you say something in this brutish uh, American accent, you're the worst person <laughs> on the face of the wow. earth. And uh, <laughs> there, certainly, there certainly was uh, one such woman uh, who uh, claimed that uh, men are the uh, the root of all evil, and that would be Stephanie Garcia Richards. Do we know her sexual preference? Uh, <clears throat> uh, not that we care, but they seem to always want to let us know. Uh, I, I, I only say this, Dowd. I only bring this up because... They make such a big thing about marriage. They yep. make such a big thing about, um, you know, sexual um, choices. I call them choices. I don't, I don't believe that anybody's born homosexual. I really don't. I believe that it's a, we call it orientation for a reason. These people are oriented. Uh, another, uh, another censorship. Grooming just got removed from Twitter. Can't say that. Yeah, no. you can't say grooming. Uh, so if, you're, if you are suggesting that people are grooming other people, they, they're just banning that altogether. So anything has to do with grooming. Of course, Biden was grooming many people, many young children for a very long time. You saw all of the awful, horrible videos uh, over time, but that thing has been completely struck. But they're always focused on this. And it's Ben Ray Lujan. You have no idea about his sexuality, but we all know. You have no idea about lonely girl sexuality, but we all know. And you have no idea about Stephanie Garcia's sexuality, but we all know. Uh, let me correct you. She... <clears throat> Oh, uh, on her bio, says there we that go. she is the mother Family. of two adult children. That's that's what that doesn't I, mean I mean anything these days. These days, it, it doesn't mean. Yeah, anything. what does that mean? Does that does she does she reference her husband then? Well, I also don't get the three names because she's married to a guy named Vasquez. His last name is Vasquez, but her name is Stephanie Garcia Richard. So there's there's some drama there, I guess, at some point. But, well, I, I wish I wish the other two were as confident with their sexuality as. Uh, as uh, Stephanie Garcia Richards, uh, not Vasquez. She didn't want, want to take his name. So It's almost like the other two, Eddie. I mean, it's almost like they are holding something back because it might hurt them politically. I, I can't imagine that that would be the justification. But <laughs> Or maybe uh, uh, I, maybe he, like Michelle Lujan Grisham, is going to wait about his true sexuality after their mom dies. Oh, is it too soon? Is that too soon? I'm sorry. Remember, Michelle Lujan Grisham just got married a month after her mom died. 
right? She Certain things said, you yeah, can't be public about until the right. old ones die. Oh, no. It's a you know, good Catholic family. That's, can't, that's right. can't come out and be public about that. Uh, you've got the latest on Stephanie Garcia Richards Vasquez uh, <laughs> in uh, the rockandtalk.chat. You mean the commish? The commish? Yeah, she is. The land commissioner. I don't know how the hell she ever won. Uh, this is a very, very good question. Particularly, her background is not that impressive. She was an educrat, which, you know, we know, we know what those people are like tend to come from the bottom of their classes. Uh, I, could, I could get into that, but that's another, that's another, that's a posting that I did many, many months ago. So folks, Saturday morning, uh, it's the beautiful uh, July 23rd. You know, it's a little hot here in the Southwest. I'm walking the Goldens to uh, the old watering hole that I take them to in Corrales, and the girls are very psyched. In fact, I got to keep the big sister who is the perfect dog and never does anything wrong. I have to keep her on the leash because she gets so excited when she hears the word swimming. She just takes off, and, and I just, I got to keep some restraint on her. Um, little one is just, she's spazzy all the time. So um, I'm walking to the Swim and Hold the Dogs down, uh, I guess, what is that, Anderson Road in, uh, in Corrales. And I have, we have a couple of big fans in Corrales. In fact, more than just this particular married couple. But they're on their horses coming back in the other direction. And uh, I, I know these folks, and uh, I've, I've spoken to them more than once. And uh, they've, they always stop me and say, hey, you're doing a great job. He was making fun of my long hair not that long ago. And they always, always say, say hi to Eddie for us, you know, because I'm, I'm uh, I'm far from the only important person in the Kiva. They, they want they want Eddie to know they're 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 pulling for him, and they say, uh, "Are you here for the? <clears throat> how can I put this? Uh, uh, appendage? Let's see, bodily function uh, at the lower end of the digestive tract? Uh, are you here for? It begins with the word A. Uh, they say, "Are you here for the uh, expletive deleted convention?" And I say, "What what what what's going on?" And I look ahead what? and I look ahead and there's all these cars lined up around this house. A lot of, uh, there's a BMW, uh, there's an Audi, uh, there was at least one Prius. Oh, there's always an Audi. There's always an Audi. <laughs> uh, Prius with a, uh, with a Bernie bro sticker on it. Uh, and what do you know? I, I look to my left and there's a sign that has uh, was a little stand up, you know, plastic sawhorse, little mini sawhorse kind of things. Parking, Stephanie Garcia, Richard land commissioner, Democrat. It's a fundraiser. For our beloved land commissioner, uh, Stephanie Garcia Richard, uh, I went online to see if this was a public thing or if this was kind of a hush hush. Uh, and I and I put the notice up on on uh, RocketTalk.chat. This so I'm not really doxing people because this was available on the Sandoval Democratic Party website. So if you don't want your name getting out there, don't put your name out on a political party website. So uh, all kinds of people, Fred Fred Harris and Shereen Jacob. And, oh, the, um, the former senator Fred Harris. There you go, uh, Helene Silverblatt and Bob Booser. Uh, on and on and on. So, Shereen, how many events could Fred Harris do in his life? <laughs> and uh, this is not for maybe you, and maybe not for me. It's certainly not for me, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't have two hundred and fifty dollars to throw around to politicians. You, if you wanted to qualify as a host, you had to give two fifty. Uh, if you were just a mere supporter, uh, you gave a hundred dollars. But you could get away uh, at the lowest level of giving as a friend of the commissioner at uh, $50. Mm. So this was an event again, Saturday morning. All I'm doing is walking the dang dogs to the old water and hole. And, and uh, my day was ruined by. Uh, I enjoy the Democrat social case system. That's cool. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a good point. And I thought, well, this is a weird place for someone who is so publicly progressive uh, and woke uh, as our land commissioner, uh, Eddie, I was looking at her uh, Twitter feed and uh, I think, she, of course, she has her regular Twitter account as as an elected official, the state land office 
Twitter feed, and then she has her candidate Twitter feed. And I believe it was the state land office feed, which is you you pay for people uh, uh, posting to. I mean, Twitter, you don't pay for Twitter, but you paid for someone to write this up on Twitter uh, honoring uh, Pride Week at the at the New Mexico oh, uh, state right. land office. Yeah, yeah. So she's uh, all in on being a progressive. But funny thing, progressive, uh, you know, disadvantaged communities, marginalized peoples. You won't find many of them in Corrales. Uh, median household income in Corrales, and I, I would add that the all the households I know in Corrales are uh, uh, small households. They're either people living alone or just an um, elderly, you know, married couple. So the household size is smaller. So if you wanted to adjust for household side, size, Corrales would be even richer. Uh, $84,398, that's uh, median, meaning half of the households in Corrales are, are, earn more than that every, every year. Uh, that is 65% higher, a 65% higher household income than the median for the state as a whole. Uh, diversity, Corrales uh, oh, is a wonderful little community in, in, in Spanish colonial, uh, the American Southwest. Yeah, uh, uh, not so much. It was actually originally settled by some of our uh, indigenous peoples. Not a lot of uh, indigenous and black uh, and a very small uh, percentage of Hispanic people. I don't people. think I've ever seen a black person in Corrales, just FYI. Uh, By the way, we've got about a minute. Back. Okay, uh, yeah, Robert is a uh, Robert does uh, yard work around there, so I'm taking care of the dogs, and Robert takes care of the uh, of the yard. So we're, we're both poor white and poor black, so we... we oh, there you go. Take care. Uh, but when we come back, I will tell you all about uh, why Corrales, Corrales is actually whiter than the state of Connecticut. Uh, I looked <laughs> up the Census Bureau data. So not a very woke place for her to go, but we'll have more on Stephanie Garcia uh, after the break. Uh, it's uh, It was interesting that she came of all places to Corrales, New Mexico. How woke is our land commissioner? Well, we also know that that's where Michelle Lujan Christian resides. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that that Great. is where her house is. I believe that uh, Lonely Girl, also I believe that her mom had a house on Hollywood Street. Um, so they had a house that was right there when we were trying to figure out where, where does this woman live and where did she suddenly appear in the nor near Northeast Heights? She was in a rented home. Appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, appeared literally out of nowhere and then uh, showed up in a rented home, Lonely Girl, when we were doing our CD1C. This is all the oppo research that uh, Mark Moores didn't bring out. He could have done, done so, hey. But he did bring out the oppo research on one Eddie Aragon in the oh, primary. Really got me. down and nasty. <laughs> there you go. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva. On AM Became the best and highest selling album of all time, D. Dowd Muska. That was, of course, uh, back in black. And uh, 
That was their first album that they did without Bon Scott, their former lead, who died on the 19th of February, 1980, at the age of 33. So a mere six, uh, whatever, uh, months later, 49 million copies worldwide. So uh, got to feature the greatest. And what a crazy little getup. That video, by the way, Back in Black, has been viewed on YouTube 855 million (laughs) times. a crazy guy in his knickers or his little uh, short shorts while he is just banging his head doing it uh, is what cool used to be. But now other things, I guess, pass for cool. So, yeah, I was uh, I reversed the saving of my songs there on the last one. So we're going to go out to It's So Good. We're going to play it three times here this afternoon. No Let's that. continue with the uh, good people of Corrales, shall we? Yeah, back to our, our beloved land commissioner. Uh, I, I guess I gave you the, phone, the, the, the financials, 84,398. Uh, two-thirds higher than the median figure for the state as a whole. Very wealthy in Corrales. All right, so uh, Connecticut is less white. My homeland is less white than Corrales. Corrales is 69.4%, and this is according to the Census Bureau. This this is their category. White alone, not Hispanic or Latino. Uh, Almost 70% of Corrales, Corrales, Corleños, I should say, uh, are from the white persuasion. I think my home state's down to something like 64, 65% white. I mean, that's just totally... Totally horrific. Uh, the comparable share for New Mexico white population is 35.9. So you could say that Corrales is twice as white as the state uh, as a whole. And the numbers really jump off the screen at you folks when you look at uh, black folks and uh, people of uh, indigenous, what do you call them, First Nation, American Indian. There's so many, I, I never know what the proper current Red Nation, uh, I guess they would, the Red Nation people would, would say, I'm, would, however, whatever I, I say. I like the Red Nation people. That's well, there you go. I mean, whatever I say is going to be wrong. So uh, 13.9%, if you add those two uh, ethnic racial groups together, uh, statewide, 13.9%. And in a place as woke as Corrales, you'd say, oh, at least that much. Uh, it's actually 3.5% uh, in, in Corrales. They, uh, they like the idea of marginalized people in theory. They just don't want marginalized people living in their neighborhood. It's, I guess the way uh, I would take it. That's so, uh, NIMBY, uh, not in my backyard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no marginalized in my backyard. <laughs> the, um, Keep so, the third. We love the third world. We'll send them money. Oh, yeah. But we definitely don't want the third world here. Oh, and they can come in across the border as long as they just don't come to Corrales. Yeah. No, they can come to work at my yard. Oh, they do. Oh, yeah. As long as I can pay them in cash. Yep. And then, you know, and I can always say I have, uh, you know, uh, Hispanic friends. Yeah, and there's no... Amigo. Know, hey, amigo. This doesn't bother anyone in Corrales. It's never a subject yeah. that comes up. But uh, so she's hip- hypocritical. And my issue with Garcia Richard is I, in 30 years, October, I'll have my 30th anniversary of, of being a paid professional uh, policy analyst, writer, researcher. The loose definition of the word paid. I am. <laughs> some was very good. Some was very bad. Some was not at all. Um, I, in 30 years, I have never seen hypocrisy on this level. She used to represent... I think the district was 43. Mm. It is basically in the house, the state house uh, up in the roundhouse. 43. That's Los Alamos. Okay. What do we know about Los Alamos? There is oh, no yeah. place on earth that is more pro-nuclear than Los Alamos. Los Alamos folks is so pro-nuclear, their public utility, I think Los Alamos public utilities, and I, I spoke to someone up at the, the science fair a couple weekends ago up there. They are participating in this kind of like, I think it's called the new scale reactor. They're trying to, actually uh, lend public support to this new sort of micro uh, reactor. And I'm sure I'm, there's a billion people listening to me right now. New Mexico, no, no more about it than I do. But 
the people of Los Alamos are allowing their government to participate in possibly uh, a nuclear venture, a new type of nuclear reactor, smaller reactor, and they will use the juice there in their community. That's they're, they're the opposite of NIMBY when it comes to nuclear stuff. They want more nuclear stuff. So the legislature in 2016, uh, there's a group called the uh, Lee, Ener- Lee Eddy Energy Alliance down uh, in, in the two counties down there in southeast, in the southeast corner, uh, Lee County and Eddy County. They ended up getting some land that might have been from the BLM, and they wanted to establish a nuclear facility down there, uh, a different type of nuclear facility, and it all fell apart. The feds were funding it, but they had this piece of land and this idea of having a consolidated interim storage facility for spent nuclear fuel come up. And people, regular listeners know I'm a big fan of this project and it's very safe and a way to make revenue uh, for the state and create jobs for the state and not put anyone at risk. So they passed a memorial at, at, in the House and the Senate uh, in 2016. Basically, these are just kind of like toothless resolutions is when politicians get together and say, you know, green chili is the official state food or, you know, whatever. It doesn't really mean anything. But these memorials were passed overwhelmingly. Stephanie Garcia Richard was a sponsor of the memorial on the House side in which they basically supported, uh, quote, a consolidated interim storage facility uh, in southeastern New Mexico. So this was a it was just an expression of support by the political class. And a lot of Democrats, not all, but a lot of Democrats voted for this. Uh, Garcia Richard, you might not want to, you might want to sit down for this. She's a Democrat. Uh, she not only voted for this m- memorial, she sponsored the memorial when she was in nuclear town, mm. Los Alamos, New Mexico. But in 2018, and as Eddie said, I can't agree. I could not agree more. How, somehow she became state land commissioner, a statewide uh, elected office. And all of a sudden she realized, oh, oh, uh, <laughs> big time politics in New Mexico is not Los Alamos. Uh, you know, big time statewide elected official, if you're going to be a, you know, a constitutional officer, if you're going to run for Congress or, or the Senate, uh, you, you can't be pro-nuclear. So she did a big, big, big reversal. And she said that uh, the proposal is, uh, had, quote, serious safety concerns. Mm. That was, I guess, less than or just about two years after she sponsored. So you're also piece. saying she's very principled. Uh, I, very you, principled. I mean, you can just, I mean, yeah. it's SGR. What, what yeah. are you going to do? Um, and at the very end of the article, I throw in this thing from last year where of all people, Milan Simonich, and of course it wasn't research on his part. A woman went to the state fair and got a copy of this coloring book and sent it to her. It was a, col- sent it to him. Uh, it's a coloring book that uh, stars our state land commissioner in various superhero garb, uh, and it's all you know, black and white for kids to fill in with the, with the Crayolas, which I think recently Crayola went woke too. But anyway, she's, I guess, on every page, every single drawing in the coloring book from the state land office has the state land commissioner, uh, SGR, as Miss Superhero protecting the lands and funding education. And who paid for the coloring book? Oh, you did. Public employee state money and equipment in the state land office designed and printed the state coloring book. Um, this woman. At least we know that the kids know what to do with uh, that type of book in New Mexico. They don't know what oh. to do with a, a a book that you read. Mm-hmm. But if it comes to a coloring book, the uh, kids of New Mexico well, they're, they're great at that scribbling. Put horns on her. That's that's yeah. fine. kids go feel free to go right ahead. So anyway, uh, she has raised so far one hundred and thirty thousand seven hundred and twenty eight dollars and ninety one cents for her reelection campaign. Her Republican opponent not quite up to measure, uh, $20,750. Uh, this is a blue state. She is cruising to re-election. Are but, we talking about Harry Montoya? Uh, I believe Jefferson Bird. Jefferson, T. Jefferson T. Bird. Bird. He's a big, he's a big wind power guy. Big, yeah. Big you know, I wouldn't guy. know that except the, uh, without missing the all important fact as a PRC commissioner, he was uh, all in the tank for, uh, the new, 
Newfangled um, Energy Transition Act. Yes. Uh, remember, yes. Yeah, he yes. is a ETA yep. supporter. So yep. not very different from uh, Stephanie Garcia Richard. So more of the same, uh, no matter who you get on which side. We just like to have one with the R next to his name. So at least we get 1% more than what we wouldn't have otherwise gotten. At least it's a step in the right direction. Well, but, I mean, I, just at the end of this, I mean, this is, this is a, I guess this is a point of personal privilege, as they say in sure. some parliaments. Uh, you know, this woman ruined, you know, 10 minutes of my life Saturday morning having to deal with this. And, uh, I had to go <laughs> so back. you gave her an article. I had to go, expose her. I had to go back wow. to the house and just hug the dogs for seven hours and just, you know, recover, try to get my sanity back. Um, walking by all the Priuses and Beamers and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, uh, I, 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 I just, you know, I mean, this is not a deep dive on public policy. Every so often you got to give me one, folks, that's just a little uh, a little flight of fancy. But I don't know. Going to the richest, uh, second richest, I guess Los Alamos is the richest, second richest town uh, in New Mexico municipality. And as far as I can tell, Eddie, the whitest town in New Mexico. I don't know if you're really woke and uh, you care about underprivileged communities. Maybe you shouldn't be uh, collecting checks in Corrales. Uh, when you're running for re-election as land commissioner. Anyway, folks, uh, check it out. Rockoftalk.chat. Eddie, I'm going to uh, take another personal privilege. Sure. I got an email this morning. Someone is leaving the state. They yes. had to, They and this is the only reason people unsubscribe. If you go into our records, you can just see left the state, left the state, left the state. So we need a new subscriber today, Eddie, at 543 uh, Mountain Daylight Time on the 25th of July. So tonight, ladies and gentlemen, or na- and now, if you'd like to, please replace that one uh, I think woman and her husband who had to leave for mm-hmm. greener pastures. The Texas. They're going to they're going to Texas. They're going to Texas, Wichita. Uh, like 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 a lot of people. But anyway, this is the kind of work you get if you subscribe. Uh, over sixty pieces of original content a month at under twenty cents a day. Rock of talk. Dutch chat. All right. Uh, we also have to talk about guns for the gift cards uh, that was exchanged. That's a that's a very Corrales thing to do. We'll do that uh, up next. Uh, good job on uh, Stephanie Garcia Richards. We'll also in the third hour. The Fed, gas prices, where are you at? Um, more people getting to stay at home. Um, you know, I think more people are getting the stimmy checks to stay at home and then getting the advantage of not having to go into work because of COVID and gas prices. So it's going to be, uh, remember, folks, these people know how to engineer an election and not just at the polls. They know how to wet the palate. Uh, they'll bring in the sorbet. They'll get you started with the appetizer and then they'll get you ready for the main course. Which is more of the force coming from the left. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Back in three. Terrence Trent Darby. Yeah, the son, your name. What happened to Terrence Trent Darby? Where'd he go? What? What? He was uh, number one on this week in 1987. Oh, hard to believe it's that long ago. Oh, he went to number one on the UK album with the headline "Hardline." According to Terrence Trent Darby, never to be heard again. I think after that, what was he? Backup singer forever. Bring it all back. Bring back Ronnie Reagan. Bring back swatches. <laughs> bring back parachute pants. <laughs> 
Come on. Yeah, we need it all back. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, hour three, you and me, the doubt makes three. Third hour, a commercial free. Uh, the bug guy is brand new on our station. When you hear his ad tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, please patronize him. If you're looking for a good pest guy, uh, Joe, uh, he, hardline Joe, that guy is, uh, he does a show on Saturday nights uh, from his uh, home studio. He had the, the multicolored Simon Says uh, soundboard and all that kind of stuff that he was doing. And then that's it. Uh, Ground Zero picked up sticks and decided to go ahead and shut everybody down because they had a deal with Talk Media Network. So they went that way. Um, so we'll. Guns for gift cards. You have guns? I've got guns. Um, does anybody know that if you buy a gun as a straw buyer, that that is a felony? I'm sure a lot of people are starting to probably come to the realization that, yeah, I guess it must be a felony if you have a straw buyer. I didn't, I did not know this, but apparently the ATF is just showing up at uh, various places. And I'm not sure if you had a chance to uh, watch this uh, doubt it's, it's, it's kind of, kind of freaky uh, because the last thing that you would expect is someone showing up at your door asking you, well, what kind of guns do you have? I want to like, this is an ATF agent. Like, listen, listen to this, folks. It, it, it'll make you absolutely crazy. Someone showing up at your doorstep. Let's see if we can pull up the video. Had it all queued up here. And then, well, here it is. This is an ATF agent with a guy uh, fully geared up, standing about 10 feet uh, to the uh, 2 o'clock to him, uh, if you will. So uh, this is how it went down when ATF agents uh, showed up in Delaware, no less, home of uh, the Blue Hens. And also your president to a warrantless man's home demanding to see his firearms. This is what Perfect. it sounds like. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's all, all, I'm, all I'm doing is verifying that, look, verifying that you have it. You got two different purchases. Okay. If you have them, I'm out of here. That's how quick okay. it is. Yeah. You have them with you by any chance? Are they, if, you, if you can unload them. Or- Someone just showing up to your door, ATF, uh, just, I don't know. Hey, do you got, you got guns in there? Uh, we we saw that you made this purchase over here, and uh, we just we just want to verify. Got problems with straw buying, you know. People are just uh, not owners of what they 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 said that they were. Ring recorded all this. Uh, thank God for the doorbell ring. Bring them out, or you can go out to your foyer here, check them out by number, share number, and we're out of here. Like this. Yep. This feels comfortable. Just someone showing up to my door asking <laughs> to see my guns. This feels really comfortable. Take five seconds. Oh, you mean the bigger picture? Uh, yeah, you, this white picket fence house or this giant yard. This looks like a place where uh, people might be doing illegal things, uh, criminal elements, uh, things like that. Yeah, this would be the right house to show up to, right? Straw purchases. So one of the one of the things we indicators that we get is somebody makes like a large gun purchase, and then a lot of times we've been there like, oh, those guns got taken. We're like. There it is. I made a large gun purchase, uh, straw purchases. Uh, the guy's trying to help him out. The idea is when you purchase more than two guns at a time, it generates a, a multiple sale report. Oh, a multi sale report. Okay, you're right. This is where we're looking for it. Not a guy who's like, a, I mean, he's literally going through multiple background checks, checking all this kind of stuff. And he would be the guy to go in. Like they passed him through, they gave him the guns, they sold it over the counter. Went through the background check, probably went through a, you know, if you waited for a different one, he went through 72 hours of a background check. I mean, this this thing is teaser cross, eyes are dotted. To us, and we have to check them out. 
That's, okay. that's all that is. He did nothing wrong. Did absolutely zero. Uh, I noticed that you were stopped in Philly, though, right? With one of your guns. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I noticed. I just happened to know. How, how did you know this? I looked out my window. <laughs> you, you just happened to be there. Let's, let's finish up this uh, whole thing. Okay. Um, I'm okay. I didn't expect. Uh... Oh, no. Listen, it just came up. I'm telling you. That's, that's why we, we came here. Look, there's an email from the, from the federal side saying, hey, can you make sure this guy's got his gun? Now, we want to make sure you have it. We're looking out for you, kid. We're just making sure that you and your family and your beautiful house, which looks like it's about four or $500,000, we want to make sure you're, you're comfortable. If you recently just purchased a whole bunch of guns, if we can look at them and just, I have them just scratch them off, <laughs> that way, because I know you. This, this is why the red flag laws will never work in the state of New Mexico. Can you imagine Albuquerque Police Department officers showing? I mean, we just want to verify what, what kind of guns you got here. You know, I, I, we're working with the the, uh, the FBI and various other people, and we're just going to check. Like, no one's ever going to enforce this. We're not going to tattletale on the neighbors. No one wants to see what kind of guns you have. Nobody really cares. This is uncomfortable for the ATF agents. It's uncomfortable for the homeowner. Nobody wants to be in this position. How did he get in this position? Well, he bought multiple guns. We don't have to come again. Back. Yeah, we can just write which ones you just bought. Okay. And so we save a trip from coming back. Uh, save a trip. That's very ominous, Dowd. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we... Save a trip. Uh, well, you'll be out here next. Uh, would you like to schedule some time with me? Uh, would you like to make an appointment so we can do so I can be ready? You know, my my wife's in the shower, uh, which is right near the gun safe back there. I don't know that this is the right time to go ahead and you know take a look at my gun rack or my gun safe or you know any of the the weapons, the guns, the whatever I might have back there. Then you have them. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll go get them. Okay. Okay. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's the warrant? Whoa, 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 whoa. This is why you read your constitution, folks. It's called the Fourth Amendment. Search and seizure. They're not even going into your home. And when you volunteer it, they need to go ahead and produce the document that would suggest that they have a right to be here and for what reason. Or as Dow just put it very simply, a warrant. Why are you here? Okay. They can't just randomly show up. This guy's like wetting his abdomen. Oh, look what we got him to do. We didn't have to present him with it. We just uh, flashed some papers in front of his face. We had a vest that said ATF. I could go get a vest that says ATF. I could do this all day long. We've already had a cop pose here. Somebody posing as a cop, right? Kind of crazy, but hey, you didn't need to do that because the good people of the state of New Mexico, what will they do, Dowd? They'll literally volunteer. They'll volunteer their... Uh, their weapons because I have no desire to kill. Nobody asked if you had a desire to kill. It's not the reason for having a gun to save you. I mean, the only person we look at mall shooting in Indiana, the good guy, what happened here? Gurkha Singh Khalsa smiled as volunteers removed the rifle, a 12 gauge shotgun, and a 1911 Colt semi automatic pistol from the trunk of his car. For a couple of years, I've been thinking I haven't used a gun in 30 years. Why do I keep these in the house? Well, you live in the most dangerous uh, state in the <laughs> That's entire one country. Reason I, can think of. <laughs> I think that the general number of guns in this country needs to be decreasing instead of increasing. So I'm going to give my three guns. A gun has no other purpose than to kill a living being. I have no desire to kill. This is my son. I mean, come on, folks. He was one of many people who lined up in the cars in the Fiesta Nissan parking lot on Saturday for a gun buyback hosted by the Prevent Gun Violence in the Santa Fe Police Department. 
yeah, participants were able to surrender their guns anonymously because they're criminals. They had guns. In exchange for gift cards, it ranged from $100 to $250, depending on the type of firearm they turned in. The guns turned in ranged from palm-sized pistols to AR, AK-style. There's no AK-style rifles. It's an AK. It's not a style. It's just absolute stupidity. The co-owner of Fiesta Nissan said the dealership offered to host the event. Well, I know where I won't be buying my next Nissan if I ever were mm-hmm. to buy one. <laughs> Fiesta Nissan. If it was anything but. And where do they go? Right to Rob Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. So there you go, Dowd. Uh, it, you don't have to do the search and seizures, Fourth Amendment. You yeah. don't have to do any of this kind of stuff. But you continue to just go ahead and surrender. Uh, study last year, National Bureau of Economic Research. Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, uh, Evidence, no evidence uh, using the National Vital Statistics System uh, that it reduces crime. They also found no evidence that the gun buybacks reduce the suicides or homicides where a firearm was involved. There we go. Sign your name across my heart with that knife. There was two stabbings, three stabbings this weekend. They did not use a gun. Two resulted in murder. At the top of the hour news, hour three, you and me up next. Hey, did you happen to see the most beautiful girl in the world? And if you did, was she crying, crying? Hey, if you happen to see the most beautiful girl that walked out on me, tell her I'm sorry. Tell her I need my baby. Oh, won't you tell her? All right, everybody now. I woke up this morning, realized what I had done. Mm -hmm. I stood alone in the cold gray dawn, knew I'd lost my morning sun. I lost my head and I said something. Now comes the heartaches that the morning brings. I know I'm wrong, but I couldn't see. I let my world slip away from me. So, hey, did you happen to see the most beautiful girl in the world? 606 in the 505 with more 411 here for your third hour. Emmett Eric on the Rock of Talk, as always. Right here next to you is uh, Dino Muska waiting for that uh, music to die down. As uh, Well, Charlie Rich died on this day. That's why we're playing his uh, amazing music that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. It's coming through like another flower. (laughs) Oh, it's going right through the net. Why is it going through the network? How weird is that? So everything's controlled on one pot. There you go. Wow. How odd is that? Another thing for my engineer to do. It's like, Charlie, die down now. Like, I'm not telling you to die. You're already dead. Got a show to do. 
right. How long was Charlie going to go? Well, he went, uh, how, how long did Charlie go? Well, he went uh, to 62 years of age, dying in his sleep. He began as a rockabilly artist for Sun Records. Uh, cool little Sun t-shirt I got. It's got a chicken on it. Chicken, chicken. And uh, also, he scored the 1974 U.S. number one, number two, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. And Behind Closed Doors was a number one hit. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Hour three, you and me, the Dowd makes three, 3,000 here in this commercial free hour three. And uh, we've got inflation, recession, the Fed, your text, gas prices, and uh, Lee Zeldin. And maybe a little bit of heat wave and uh, Elon Musk and alcohol. So a lot to uh, get to. Um, pretty good uh, couple of first uh, two hours, I might say. Though most of uh, the time I spent at the um, radio site today, Dowd. Because that's what I love. I love putting on my boots and hanging out at the uh, radio site. That's no- nothing better. Uh, this from Melvin. Gun buybacks are nothing less than an evidence destruction service. Otherwise, why wouldn't these people go to pawn or gun shops? Some, I have never had that thought in my life. Think about what he's saying. Look at what Melvin is suggesting here. An evidence destruction service. I never thought about that. That, that There's a lot to that. Well, if you follow the, the twisted logic of these people, these guns that are being turned in are, are, are or would be used in crimes. So if they've already been used in crimes, you might be destroying evidence, future investigation. Uh, that's Kill, an interesting point. That's commit the point. murder, commit the murder, yeah. wait for the gun buyback, turn it in, no questions asked. No questions asked. Why are you turning this in, sir? You can do so anonymously. I didn't even know. I never thought about this. It's almost like that brilliant logic of guns bad, we will take them away from you, society will be fixed. It's almost like that line of thinking is hollow. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is sort of like hiding in plain sight. So like the murderer that murdered all those people on the July 4th. He walked out, right? Mm. Cross-dressed, looked like a total female oh. after he pleaded uh, guilty to how many murders on that day. So, uh, speaking of murders, Murder Mike checks in. Uh, a little update there for the uh, listening audience. Hi, Eddie, listening. Three stabbings, I was right, and one shooting with details, plus more on Thursday. Uh, Murder Mike. So, there he is. I told Murder Mike, you know, you don't have to phone it in every day. I just... Once a week is good. That's all I can take. That's well, all the bad news that we can possibly handle. Here we reached our limit. Once a week is the best <laughs> week. In- <laughs> Thursdays, five o'clock hour. Black famous Corrales volunteer firefighter was last named Gentry. Okay. So other blacks in Corrales. There we go. You know, uh, Dowd, I have a little bit of a confession. Nobody ever asked me, did you notice that the news never asked me? For my uh, verification that I was 4.6% black. They didn't want to see the, the printout, huh? Like, well, what did they want to see? What did they, what, what direction did they want to go with that? Remember? Oh, yes. They never questioned it. I mean, I could have said I was 18% black. Right. right. 25% black. I could have said I was 40% black. How would you know? But I hung out in a tanning booth. Uh, why didn't they want to see what percentage black I was? Interesting question, right? Mm-hmm. You got to, you got to, you got to check the reporting. I really want to see if he truly is black or is he just saying that. And the Black Voters Collaborative never demanded the, they, the proof either. No, they, they didn't. If anybody would have wanted to see my black card, I could have certainly showed it to him, right? They did, they did not want to see that. 
Also, Black Republican Corrales State Representative Jane E. Padrell Colbert. Yes, I'm in her in her district now because of redistrict. So she had a conversation with Langston. I'm at liberty to talk about this now. Oh, huh? and they were sort of laughing how they were the only two black people in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have heard that. <laughs> they got together. They're like, we're the only two black people in New Mexico. It's us. Yeah. And he was like laughing. Langston's a great guy. Uh, my answer, goodbye. I'm calling 911 to the people who showed up there on the uh, the porch. Get off my porch. What, you crazy? Better watch out. Remember, the ATF will burn you down. Very funny reference to uh, yes. David Koresh. Dark humor, right? yes. Yeah, a little. Uh, <laughs> and they did it on April. Was, uh, did his compound burn down on April the 20th, too? Uh, I think it was the 19th. 19th. And then two years later, McVeigh had had. His why is everything the nine? But Eddie, been, why know, is everything one nine? Why is everything one nine? Everywhere I go, it's one nine, one nine. Over the break, I was looking at the, the how the ATF uh, claimed that they had the authority to do this. Basically, the '68 Gun Control Act, the federal act, I guess had language in it. Um, it, it's, it was included. If you decide to buy two handguns at the same time, okay. the licensee, the federal firearms licensee, is required to submit a form informing the ATF of the purchase you made. Boom, then you're on the list, and then ATF uh, has the uh, their discretion, I guess, to show up at, it, at your door with a list asking to see your weapons. They justify it for three reasons. Tracing, uh, your legally purchased gun is later stolen and then used in a crime. They will show up. Two, investigating multiple gun purchases. This is what happened in the Delaware example. The owner purchased his guns. Uh, the federal firearms licensee had filled out the paperwork, and ATF... That's how the APF ended up showing up at the door. And number three, conducting a welfare check. If mm. you thought red flags were new, they are not. This is from uh, redstate.com. Assuming ATF shows up with local cops in tow, do you have to let them in your home? And this is this is encouraging. No, no. not without a warrant. Exactly. Uh, and if they have a warrant, you they are required to hand you a copy of the warrant. You have to show them the weapons you purchased. No, not without that warrant. And there has to be specificity in the warrant allowing for that. The Delaware owner took the I have nothing to hide route and for him, uh, this author says, it was the right route to take. The agents were respectful and didn't demand to see more than one weapon. They didn't demand to enter the residence, and they left satisfied. Uh, bottom line, if you purchase more than one gun at a time, don't be surprised if alcohol, tobacco, and firearms shows up at your door. We recently just purchased a whole bunch of guns. If we can look at them and just, I have them just scratch them off, and that way, because I know we're going to see this back. again. Yeah, we can just write which ones you just bought. Okay. And so if we save a trip from coming back. We can just right. confirm that you have them. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go get them. Okay. Okay. Uh, we, we will wait out here. Okay. We will see. Yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'll give a choice. You cannot come into my home. So, so Dowd, you're saying that maybe this was not handled all that bad based upon the uh, person who suggested, if I go back and get him, I have nothing to hide. Why is that a preferred route again? Oh, I though, wouldn't have done that. I, I'm just yeah. reading what this, I, I would have said, no warrant, get off my porch. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, everybody has, everybody has a right to, you know, a man's home is his castle. If you want to, if you want to comply, it's up, up to you whether to comply, but this is apparently authorized by the, the the language of the Gun Control Act or the authorizing regulations written uh, uh, to back up the legislation of the Gun Control Act that goes all the way back to 1968. So I guess it's not uh, illegal, unconstitutional for them to show up. But again, they didn't have a warrant. And this guy could have said, thanks for visiting, guys. Here's some lemonade and you can now go on your way. I think that's probably what I would have done. So this isn't unreasonable. 
that their request based upon what passed in 68 in the ATF. Is that correct? That's what the claim is. Okay. So the claim is that it is not unreasonable under the fourth amendment. It says the constitution people uh, protects people from unreasonable searches and seizures by the government. It's not a seizure that isn't necessarily a search. He's providing it on that way. If they happen to go in to the house without a warrant, that would have been violation of his Fourth Amendment rights. Then, well, I, I mean, think I we can. I think we can say that any any law enforcement officer can knock on any door in America and say, "Do I have your permission to go in and look at your board games?" You know, I mean, I don't. And if you if you say yes, there's no issue. But uh, in this case, if there was no warrant, I I think I'd be a little. Uh, uh, people have accused me of oppositional defiance disorder. I don't think it's as bad as some people have, but I might have a little bit of that. Uh, I think I would just politely say, okay, guys, uh, next, next time come with a warrant. But until then, I think you probably, it's time for you to leave. Are we, are we, are we, a, is this a reflection of how bad off we are right now in terms of our frame of mind? I mean, this man who owns guns, and this is the guy who's, you know, ultimately, you know, we should be able to have our militias to defend ourselves against, um, all enemies, foreign and domestic, which also include the government. Uh, the government is not is not the country, by the way. People need to, they oftentimes confuse the two. Um, doubt is this a reflection of like how weak and how uninformed we are as people? There's more information than there's ever been, but I mean, this guy within two minutes, you know, ceded to the ATF agents, and you know, there was there was no reason for him to to do so. No, he not did not know his rights. No, he didn't. And that's why we should all get super, super educated. Uh, back to this piece in, in redstate.com. Uh, nonetheless, ATF can and apparently will show up at private residences of firearm owners and uh, announced and ask to see your firearms. If this seems out of a dystopian novel or the fever dreams of yep. Biden nominees, there we go. you'd be wrong. It happened in Delaware, according to this exclusive report and video by Armed American News. Anytime guns, and this is this is where I, my take on this. Anytime guys with badges and guns ask you questions, most law-abiding people get flustered. You, you, uh, it's a little intimidating, and you, and a lot of people's knee-jerk reaction is to comply. Maybe not me so much, and maybe not some of the listeners, but I, I think a good chunk of the population. Uh, even getting stopped for a broken taillight can rattle people. But if a half dozen armed men show up at your door and ask to see your weapons, you might feel intimidated. I mean, I, I, I think instead of condemning people who comply, I think we need to educate people for the future, I would say. Yeah, I think this is something clearly, I mean, the line is drawn. Your amendments, the Fourth Amendment, know your rights, the Bill of Rights. The Second Amendment, this one is just as important, if not more important, because you've already acquired uh, the gun or the guns that you have, and you don't need to show them to anybody. I think you're only putting yourself in a precarious position going forward thing if you give an inch they take a mile yep. and they will so oh. there's no doubt about it they'll ask you even more questions these people are trained to ask as many questions as they possibly can so unless you uh, think that you are in some way possibly preventing yourself from becoming a criminal in which case they would actually show up there is no reason to cooperate with them without a warrant and at, at, which, and, point and you, any... at which point you would right you would, you would be compelled yes yes to, if a, uh, if a judge is signed off and there's a piece of paper, shall. it shall. <laughs> the word you shall can't. is hanging over and your listen, head. And listen, don't don't make yourself a martyr. There's going to be court proceedings later. You can fight in court later. Yeah, exactly. uh, don't start throwing bullets at guys. That's they a big just, mistake. They didn't just show up at your uh, doorstep for no reason. But ostensibly, based upon the report here, they did show at this Delaware man's home for no reason. Well, and Eddie, but that's, you know, I've always been uh, like all libertarians, not Somebody wrote a book years ago, three felonies a day. The, the average American commits three felonies a day because we're so over 
uh, overregulated and overlawed uh, in so many different ways. You're either violating, uh, you know, criminal statute or some sort of civil restriction on you. Um, it scares me because there's so much on the books that it, it gives a lot of discretion to law enforcement, whether it's guys, the point of the spear, law enforcement or prosecutors. Uh, it gives them a lot of discretion to go after people. Mm, I think it's one of right. the reasons we should have a lot fewer laws and more sensible laws than we do. And it's just people naturally, I mean, I'm a libertarian, so I tend to be pretty skeptical, if not hostile to people who work for government. But in America, there's still a lot of goodwill and, 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 and well justified in a lot of cases for law enforcement. And you do, uh, a lot of people will just naturally comply. I think the thing is educate people about their rights. And by all means, if you're ever in a situation like this, Keep your voice low, be reasonable, offer them lemonade. <laughs> but if you don't want to comply and there's no warrant, you don't have to. So one of the things that I do oftentimes is I walk right up to police officers all the time. Hey, uh, you know, I met a Uragon or sometimes they say, hey, what's going on around here? I just walk right up to the police. The police are very standoffish with me. Interesting. Yeah, they always take a step back and they're like, that, that's weird. Why would you walk up to a police officer? And I just walk right up to him. Thank you for your service. I never, I always say that at the end, never, never at the beginning. And uh, I just ask them as many questions as I possibly can to the point it becomes annoying because at some point they'll be asking me some questions on stuff that's going to be, become pretty annoying to me. So you oh, have you're that saying right. Initially they're a little put off, but then once always. you start to have a conversation, yeah, they're, okay, they're always around down. here and I walk, Hey, how's it going? What, what's going on around here? Anything I can help with? First thing I do, yeah, here's cool. my number. I saw this. I saw that. Yeah. These people are here. That car's not moved. Uh, yeah, these people are over there parking. They're there every day. I don't think there's anything. I think that's an Uber driver. You know, like I know everything that's going on. I'm recording everything. And you want film? Here you go. <laughs> like, like I'm just like this treasure trove of information, whatever they need. So Amendment 4, the right to people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, domain papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. No warrant shall issue, but upon probable cause supported by an oath of affirmation, which needs to come from an accusatory statement supported by evidence, which is the way to get warranted and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Um, let's not forget uh, most recently the uh, house where the child, um, you know, burned to his death, the 15 year old uh, took them more than a year and a half to secure a warrant for that. So why do they need to show up at your house? Because you bought multiple, um, guns from a, a local gun dealer. So there you go. 550, 50, 500. I'm glad we covered that. This is good. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I would make separate appointments for multiple visit. Better watch out. The ETF will burn you down. Doubt has a lot of op uh, OPP death disorder. What does that oh, mean? Oppositional defiance disorder. Yeah. What does that mean? I'm actually... Uh, people say that, that people say that about me, but I thought we got to uh, get Pat. We got to, you know what? Let, let me, I need to stop. Sorry. I'm not going <laughs> to okay, let you talk. Here we here. Go. He's I like, oh, hate this. <laughs> I absolutely hate this. Folks, you're not a psychiatrist. You're not a psychologist. Okay. Don't use the word disorder when talking about somebody. Do not do it. Okay. Now, if I want to go ahead and call you cluster A, cluster B, I have that license right here to go ahead and say, because I can understand you from where you're coming from, okay? And you're deeply disturbed. But if you're going to start going into the disorders and DSMs and way of categorizing people, like that is what's really screwed up is because we suddenly now have every single person walking around, man, woman, child, is afflicted with some sort of mental disorder. Everybody. We just figured out a way to categorize it so we could feel more comfortable around that person and give everybody a victimization excuse. And that's not what we're doing here. Okay. So stop. I, I, it makes me absolutely sick. 
it's like all everyone's a psychiatrist out. Oh yeah. What kind of what kind of prescription medication are you taking? Are you taking a prescription medication? Like what business is it of yours? If I was even, if I needed it. Well, I, I struggle with this concept because I, I, I do, when I look around and I see what the government does, I see what our culture does, I see what corporate America does, I see what educational institutions, I'm against all of it. And it's, and it's I'm always, because I was always the outsider growing up. I was never popular, didn't play sports. I wasn't the quarterback dating the head cheerleader. That just never happened. I was on my own with my dogs in the orchard reading books. And I, I, uh, I struggle with the concept of, are you just disagreeing for disagreement's sake or, no. or, or are you actually fighting things that are truly bad? Right. And, and so I believe me, that's on my mind, uh, quite, quite a lot, but uh, just to use Eddie's example, um, talking to cops the other night when I was at the six and a half hour hearing in Valencia County, they had some young, uh, sheriff's deputies, you know, good, good looking young guys, uh, just starting off their professional careers. And as I went to leave that night, I said, they had been there the whole time standing around. It was really hot the first few hours until people started to, to trickle out. And I said, hey, thanks, guys. Uh, you stay, stay safe out there. I meant every word of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's not I, I'm opposed to anyone in a position of authority. There were a couple of young guys. They weren't in charge of anything. They're out there facing car accidents and, you know, maybe some guy beating his wife, you know. And, and I said I meant every word of it. Stay safe out there. I'm opposed to uh, there's a great Martin Sheen quote. I've always been opposed to morons in power, uh, morons with power. And I think that's. Uh, Martin Short, not Martin Sheen. Two two different two different performers. Uh, <laughs> We're very different. Martin, Martin Short. Uh, I was always fascinated by one's a wedding planner, the other one's actually. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Ed Grimley, I must say. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I think that is. I mean, I'm. I, uh, I I do have oppositional defiance disorder when it comes to morons with power. But uh, if you are legitimately in power and you know you're doing your job and you're serving uh, your customers or you're serving the public, I don't I don't have a problem with you. And uh, the guys, the guys were super nice. They said, hey, we really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you as I was walking out the door. So you won't believe what happened with Watley today. It got back to him that I made this little dentist joke and he got all offended. <laughs> Those people can be so touchy. Those people. Listen to yourself. What? You think that dentists are so different from me and you? They came to this country just like everybody else in search <laughs> of a dream. Watley's from Jersey. Yes, and now he's a full-fledged American. (laughs) He's just a dentist. Yeah, and you're an (laughs) anti-dentite. I am not an anti-dentite. You're a rabid (laughs) anti-dentite. Oh, it starts with a few jokes and some slurs. Hey, Gunty! (laughs) Next thing you know, you're saying they should have their own schools. They do have their own schools. Amazing how reality driven that is. That segment is now. Uh, First, Tim Watley, played by uh, corporate welfare queen um, <laughs> Walter White, uh, also oh, known right. as the actor, of course, Brian Cranston. Oh yeah, and you 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 helped make him uh, rich, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and statued. Uh, oh yeah, because he's coming uh, soon he's to the convention the, center. Yeah, or he's got the... a statue, uh, despite Harrison Schmidt not having. Uh, let me finish up. Oh, this guy's keep going. Uh, let's see. Dowd has a lot of opposition disorder, almost as much opposition defiance disorder as Eddie. Oh, that's funny. Oh, actually. Wow. Yeah, cops are standoffish because they got shot. <laughs> okay. All right. He said, doubt that it's first. It's funny. You ruined a joke, Eddie. Okay. You know what? You can't get jokes uh, via text message. I think everybody uh, should say it unless it comes all in one. So I apologize for that there, David. But it gave us a, a good uh, jumping off point and a reason to reference the anti-dentite back in the day. Didn't you vote for Joe Biden, Eddie? Because if you didn't, you ain't black. Oh, that's good. That's exactly right. Let's uh, see. Stan checks in. The feds have launched a new national mental health hotline. Here we go. 
988. Espanola needs to be saturated with flyers so the residents can get help. They don't need to be calling 911. If they don't need help themselves, they can let the feds know about their neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really, I think that really is. That's the uh, mental illness hit parade, right? I mean, that's really what that is. Um, here we go. I find it ironic that Democrats hate the only thing socialism ever produced that works in AK-47. Comrade <laughs> <laughs> Kalashnikov. Cancel culture be like, it's like the, the, oh, wow, there we go. The only one that they kept, they got rid of Aunt Jemima, they got rid of Lando Lakes, and they got rid of Uncle Ben. The only thing that's left is the Quaker Oat. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, all the uh, culture that has uh, driven us in this way. Thanks, Adam, for sending that. Um, a good one there. Let's see. Uh, K checks in. I tell the ATF, can anything you're asking me for be used against me in a court of law? Yes. I plead the fifth, come back with a warrant. Well, that's a smart thing to do. I think, uh, that sort of gets everything out of the way. Terrence Trent Darby was my jam, man. Wishing well was my jam. Wow. That's, that's a rare thing for a man to make a commitment to. Um, and then comes the question, what is white? No joke. That has changed over the years. Before I moved to New Mexico, I thought Spanish was as white as any other country. In the past, people from the Middle East were considered white. So truth is, I do not know what white is. Um, Jane, thanks for the text. Uh, I uh, checked in for my jury duty this morning Ooh. before the uh, station went off the air. And uh, for, uh, by the way, the Public Service Company of New Mexico, uh, I give you the big middle finger to uh, Pat Corbin Allen and the rest of the execs uh, over at PNM who shut down not just my station, but a number of others uh, today. Thank you. I really appreciate Good that job, from the guys. bottom of our hearts. Uh, hey, Monopoly, you know, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> we can, yeah. Let's shut down all the Christian conservative stations uh, in town. So that's uh, kind of what, what went on today, which was uh, 920, 1000, 1190, and 1600. All down for the count and down the stretch they come in. It was a very long stretch. We're down from 10 till 2.30 uh, p.m. today. So it was uh, quite frustrating uh, having to deal with all that. So the life of a radio guy once you're, back in town, got back Saturday. And I got to tell you, I was uh, very, very upset about uh, having to deal with some of the things uh, like that. But on the jury duty questionnaire, what is not on that questionnaire? Hispanic. There's no Hispanic. There's no Mexican-American. Nothing like that is on there. I would have never filled out a Mexican-American, but not even that was on there. Because Hispanics are considered white in the state of New Mexico. I don't know when that happened. But if you take your jury duty uh, uh, checkoff list, that's exactly what is there. So, uh, Jane, good point. J-Man says, Krause is a Democratic cesspool of the affluent and white. We're better than you, constituents. Lots of nice little ba bars and a flying star that I actually like to eat at. After all, you're in a lot safer Corrales than you are in downtown Albuquerque. Yeah, that's right, Tim Keller. Your city is not safe. That's from uh, J-Man. Well, he uh, texts in as much as anybody. Richard uh, checks in. Uh, he's a paramedic. He says, we also used to say chicks with D's. Yes. Oh, I remember Thank those you. days. Yeah. Yes. I can't say that anymore. Uh, let's see. This is what ha what corporate America has become, Eddie. This is in reference to the Heather uh, Talamante. Ah. Surprise, her last name isn't hyphenated, doubt. Uh, DEI is a force on us every day. That's a diversity and equity inclusion to the point where I'm not sure that's our primary mission now. They even changed the mission statement to include the word diverse when we were hurting our staff hurting for staff during COVID. They hired a DEI director that reports directly to the CEO. Yep. I'll give you one guess, the race and gender of the person hired, female black, right? Tell me if I'm right. Eddie, that's I, from uh, the, uh, by the way, that's from the 813. Oh, interesting. You know what the uh, 813 is, Dow? Um, it's not New Mexico. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure it's Houston. 813 is uh, got to be Tampa. Is it Tampa? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was Houston. What is uh, what is Houston? Houston area. Code. Well, just on that, yeah. uh, on that, you know, hiring the right kind of person for that job. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I check the boxes during the break. I was just looking at some pieces, some links I might put in the Daily Blast tomorrow, Eddie, and there was a picture of a. Um, I go to UNM's press release machine, and they they turn out a lot of. Uh, Agitprop, let's say. Uh, UNM alumna remembered for her groundbreaking movements and relentless spirit. And mm. uh, it, 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 you'll see this when it comes out tomorrow. I mean, she is a, is a picture of an elderly black woman. And it, it, I can't understand making your whole life about your race, yeah. race or your gender or whatever. There, you know, I, there's no, I'm not really aware of any current funny female comedian. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a student of comedy. I love comedy. I listen to two hours of the Adam Carolla podcast every day he usually has a comedian on with him they talk about comedy um it it, it, it is every female comic it, it's all about how i'm a girl and there's no good guys and here's my monthly cycle and uh you know my mother wants me to give her grandchildren it's all about just being a woman where is the female jerry seinfeld where is the female stephen wright they, they, they don't exist with their own where is the female emo phillips they don't exist it's all about me 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 my reproductive organs so this particular picture is of an elderly black woman unm alumna remembered for her groundbreaking movements and relentless spirit and i said to myself when i read this are you putting it up there let me see it um yeah i I can send it to uh just just put it up on the camera oh you happen uh, to have it oh it's not printed out okay sorry um and so i looked at the picture of this woman it's an elderly black woman obviously taken before she left the planet and I said to myself, I guarantee you this scholar, because this is academia and it's all about identity politics, there is no way that she was a scholar of Zoroastrian archaeology, okay? This scholar had to be, I mean, if you want to be kind and say scholar, if you, if you think that kind of identity politics is scholarship, <clears throat> known for her dedication to justice and a life of service <clears throat> to others. Uh, let's see, uh, with a group of students at UNM helped create a black studies program, a move supported by the Dean of Students at the time, now known as the Africana Studies Department, using a, an interdisciplinary approach to uncover and examine the historical, political, and cultural experiences of people, peoples of Africa and of African descent in the American Southwest. Um, then, of course, she went on to be a, a lawyer, black American law student association, regional director, Identity politics, identity politics, identity politics. And and just by looking at a picture of this person, I said, you know, I'm, I, it gives me no pleasure to say this, but I guarantee you her career was about her race. And it was once I read what, what her career was about. And you don't want to be that, you know, you want to be a person, I don't know, b- b- born in, uh, you know, uh, b- b- born in uh, the Puerto Rican barrio somewhere who <clears throat> studies Italian Renaissance poetry. You want to be someone, you know, born to the son of a share crapper, cropper in the in the Black South who studies Zoroastrian archaeology. Why does it have to be about this identity? I, I think if I if this woman had been um, uh, a First Nations American Indian, I would have the result would have been exactly the same. It would have been she spent her whole career studying the mistreatment of of, of you know Indian American Indians you know throughout American history. Why couldn't she study? you know, physics or something, the way in which I really think that people of color, they're kind of like pets for our elite liberals in our society. 
It's kind of like, That's yeah. That's a great way to, no, I think you're spot on. You know, and it, you, it sounds so incredibly humiliating when you, when you say it, it's but it's, it's, it's absolutely it's, true. Though. Yeah, you, you can study. The projects, the right, projects. Right, uh, like, you know, right. let me pick up my favorite uh, thing to feel sorry for. And the thing is, is they know that they're being patronized, but they don't mind it if mm, they're mm. both together in their hatred for what they refer to as the power structure. Oh, sure. They're sure. totally, they're totally on board together. The exploitation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but did any young female up-and-coming scholar any young black or hispanic or did they ever were they ever encouraged to do anything other than something that is you know inextricably linked to their group's past uh, oppression uh maltreatment under the law it just eddie i looked at the picture of this woman maybe she was the most wonderful human being alive i don't know but i looked at her and i said i know what this person was involved in i know this her career had something to do with identity politics and you shouldn't be able to tell just by looking at a person that that's what their career was about. But I was proved right. It's kind of like I know what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. It's just sad. And, and I do think it's so condescending. And I, I frankly, I think the tribal lands in our country living in a state that has the largest percentage of people who are, you know, belong to Pueblos and reservations. I think it's worse for them than it is for any other minority group in this country. It, it, rich white liberals are incredibly condescending and patronizing to these people this notion that you know you have to live stay on the res stay on the pueblo uh keep the religion of your ancestors maybe one of you wants to grow up and become a methodist and and not not have your you know pre-columbian religion maybe you want to have your own life maybe you want to make up your own mind about things about culture and religion and what you want to do in your life and your profession uh and i just i'm offended for these people uh maybe that's you know, my, well, own, my own grandiosity they're, yeah, but, well, but well, I, they're, they're both commodities let me wrap it up sure, here because sure. i think this is a good point but i think i get to the point where if we talk about it too much doubt it really sort of i i have to say it i think <clears throat> people are getting tired of it buried over the head and they have to almost move on to something else because sure. just to hear it it's so ignorant it's so yes. stupid yes. and they're commoditized they're patronized and they're used and that yet they know that they're being used and you know exactly uh, who you are that that's out there it's being used like this but you are okay with it and as long as you continue to continue to enable it as you are a voting block and these very same people that are using you are not the people who would live next to you who would enter into a relationship with you mm. uh who would do anything that would be socially upset guess who's coming to dinner well not you you're more likely to go to dinner with me than you would these people in the NIMBY crowd it's just the way it is or the way that they would always patronize you by saying well i have a black friend or i have a you know, an Asian friend or something along those lines. So I think we've got to hop off this race thing because it gets to the point, I think, where everyone's just maxed out, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and, and to me, the ultimate expression of this, and I, and I will shut up very soon, the white liberals at a mental health forum at the chemo theater I was at a number of years ago in downtown Albuquerque when they had some young uh, kids from the Pueblos and they were doing some sort of, you know, traditional dance and chant invocation benediction at the start you know uh, at the start of it to in order to sort of bless this event and just the absolutely just <laughs> condescending way that the, the the room full of white liberals were you know they, they at the end of the day they don't really care about these kids that was beautiful oh that was just so i was so glad so that you included me that's right to be a part of your culture that's right like, and, you're if, a moral. and if you had a young bunch of young kids up there trying to do a christian prayer uh some sort of jewish offensive reading from the talmud patriarch. it would be offensive because that's judeo-christian western white hegemony you know and it's just i know what you people are you're all phony when is uh when's pete Buttigieg uh, going uh with a special envoy to saudi arabia that's Ooh. all I want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Any tall buildings? A lot of tolerance there. over there. <laughs>
Uh, let's talk about the inflation, uh, shall we? 550, 50, 500. If you want to go ahead and uh, uh, text or call in and uh, sort of put a, a sort of a stop to that. I think we just all realize that we get to a point when we talk about race and it just, it lowers, I think, the overall level of thinking where Dowd and I don't get to engage about things that really matter. Mm -hmm. People's race just doesn't matter. And these race baiters, we have to expose them for who they are. But, you know, there you go. Hey, Eddie, I don't know if you tuned into Clyde Lewis or Ground Zero last Friday, but he interviewed Dane Wingington of geoengineeringwatch.org, which is, if your listeners are not aware, is one of the best sites about geoengineering. Dane also has put out an incredible documentary called The Dimming, which is mandatory viewing for all listeners. Heather, I recommend that recommend that download it and share it with friends because geoengineering is the elephant in the room. And if more people become aware of it, it will expose the climate change hysterical for the farce that it is. Um, it will also tell you that uh, a lot of these uh, heat waves and various other things are being engineered. Where else do you uh, see the amount of heat being generated uh, here in this country at the same time across the pond and throughout the rest of the world? It isn't global warming, folks. Um, this is stuff that actually can be and you have to go and look at this uh, geoengineering website, geoengineeringwatch.org. It's not hard to do uh, once you see uh, the impact. And they've been doing it not like for the last few years, four decades, four decades. And they've uh, literally perfecting uh, the art. All right, back to inflation and the recession that they will announce formally. I would say a majority of legitimate me media will uh, reinforce that we are definitively in a recession. Uh, inflation now at 9.1%. Okay. And there's no way to tame inflation, at least for the next couple of years. We won't be below, here's a prediction down. We won't be below 3% inflation until mid next summer. Ooh. They're saying as early as January. No, ain't going to happen. You've got it mid next summer is what we're looking at. You're going to hover in the three to 5% uh, range by this time next year. Okay. And if we go sub three, it's a victory. That's what you're looking for but it's going to take that long to calm down if it calms down, if it calms down. Okay. So when you're paying more for things, you have less money. That's also a recession. They don't call that a recession. They call it stagflation, right? Where things aren't growing, but prices are getting more expensive. That's stagflation. Look it up. Just classic economics. Just look at these seventies, baby. Yeah. You got to look at this. Okay. Things aren't growing. Things are, I think we have negative growth and things are getting more expensive. So there's too much money chasing too few goods. And then you've got bottleneck constraints and other types of things uh, that are going on. Now, we're in a competitive marketplace. The dollar is getting stronger. Okay. But at the very same time, the ruble is getting stronger. Now, good friend uh, David of the, not just me, but of the, the radio station overall, uh, who is a subscriber, by the way, uh, Dowd. Really, really Gracias. good. Man. Really, really good man. Winston Smith put this out. He shared at rockoftalk.chat. He says, okay, here we go. The Russia-Ukraine war and the resulting sanctions illuminating something very important about the global economy. The on-paper stats showing economic size and prowess are bunk. This is what I was talking about, redefining the GDP. Texas versus Russia. Population for Texas, 29.3 million. Wow. GDP, 1.7 trillion. GDP per capita, 58,000. Russia, 144 million. GDP, 1.28 trillion. GDP per capita, 8,700. What's the problem? How is Russia, quote unquote, weak? Well, according to this writer, they're not. 144 million people with an economy of 1.4 trillion, technically smaller based upon those measurements. But what has actually happened during the war, he states, rubble, the ruble, excuse me, he calls it rubble, has strengthened. <laughs> 
EU bloc economies have collapsed. The euro is hitting parity with the U.S. dollar for the first time in 20 years. Energy blackouts, food crisis on the horizon for Europe. He goes on here. How is such a small economy at 1.4 trillion able to wreck a eurozone with 23 trillion dollars? <laughs> the answer is: is what is GDP composed of? So I had to sit here and stop think about this, and we do need to redefine the terms. As Greg Zanetti has often commented. He has changed people's money so that they're no longer holding the stocks and all the rest of the stuff, which really doesn't have any value, even if you look at the 10K reports. I shouldn't say any. Has a lot less value than what is projected on paper. That's a better way to say that. The commodities are what's actually carrying an economy. GDP, he goes on, is abstract numerical value computed by calculating total value of goods and services produced in a country per year. Based upon what that value is, much of Western GDP figures are counting consumption like retail goods, retail sales made in China or Mexico and imported to USA as quote unquote production. It should not be measured. Consumption should not be measured as production. But beside that error, there's even a more important one. Over the last 40 years, Western economies have undergone structural transformation into information and service economies. Western GDP is derived from quote unquote service sector. Are you actually creating anything in the service sector? Think about that. Is the waitress or the teller or the cashier or anybody who is assisting somebody with the purchase of something actually producing something? How about, I mean, how about government services, which is is included in GDP, which I always think should be removed from GDP in, in most Oh, cases. that's important, yeah. yeah. And also not producing anything, only a consumption. The service sector, he states, is fundamentally unproductive. Sure, we all want education, pharma, entertainment, loans, fun apps to play, but it's all parlance of COVID world, non-essential. In other words, the way he's calculating it is eventually as if it can be automated, you really don't count in the economy. Wow. Services as percentage of GDP. 70% and more as percentages of GDP in the United States of America. That's right. The only other place that, that that floats is the UK and France. The service sector, office jobs, cush inside, air conditioning. And it's got so bad that you don't even have to go to work. How much of the Western GDP is derived from tourism, hotel, spa, restaurant services, financial paper services, debt repackaging services, revenues from, <laughs> I can't say it on the air, porn sites, charging Chinese students fortune and tuition, royalties or intellectual property, this is not GDP. So he says, let's start a fresh new mythology of economic weight and importance. Use metrics that are timeless, things that would make sense to a Soviet central planner and look at it in production of real tangible goods. What are they? Coal, iron, steel, motor vehicles, gas, oil, electricity, lumber, wheat, meat. Data gathered from Wikipedia, CIA, and Google search produces the following. The most productive country in the world is, you guessed it, China. Coal, in terms of millions of tons, 3,902, which would be 3.9 billion tons of coal. USA, 485 million tons of coal. India has produced 757 million tons of coal. Russia produces almost as much as the United States in terms of coal. 
What are we trying to do with coal in this country, Dowd? Phase it out as quickly as possible. Australia has 477 million tons of coal, almost producing as much as the United States of America. Let's talk about iron. Clearly, the leader in iron is Australia. I'm thinking about moving to Australia based upon what they're doing if they just get rid of their mask mandates (laughs) and their vax mandates. Brazil at 480,000 tons, which is 480 million tons of iron. 350 million tons of iron in China. How much for the United States of America? 48 million tons. We mostly import all this stuff. We are not a producer. Iran produces almost as much, and Canada produces more iron than the United States. Is this changing your perspective yet? How about steel? One billion, 33 million metric tons of steel produced in China. How much in the United States of America? 86 million. Nearly 12 times what the United States produces is produced in China. India produces more. Let's find out other countries. Japan produces more steel than the United States of America. How about motor vehicle production? It's the only thing that we excel in. Certainly, we got to be producing more motor vehicles, right, out on the GDP to compute into the GDP than you know, say China or Russia. Well, yeah, 10 times what Russia does, but about two and a half times less than what China does. China is producing 25 and a half million vehicles. Folks, nobody even holds a candle to them. Japan at 10 million is the only one that is close to the United States of America. These are lackluster numbers. When it looks at at natural gas, well, the United States leads, but for how long? with their new Energy Transition Act policies that we want to adopt around the rest of the country, we won't be number one for long because we're at 832 billion. China is at 162 billion and Gazprom, Russia, is at 670 billion. Crude oil, well, we were the world leader back in 2021, but now we have been surpassed because we've given it away. We've shut down XL and Keystone. We are no longer at 11.2 million barrels of oil per day. Russia's at 10.1. China's at four. And electricity production, we're not even close to China. China's double what what we produce. And if you want to look at a starved economy, look at what we are consuming versus what we are producing. And finally, lumber, wheat, and meat. Well, China produces twice as much meat as the United States. Four times as, or three times as much wheat as the United States and almost as much lumber as the United States, 435 million cubic meters to China's 341 million meters. Then you've got India and Russia pulling up the other sides. We're going to end up having to trade for a lot of that based upon our consumption levels, or we're going to have to have a serious downturn in our consumption levels. And that's already naturally happening. Well, I shouldn't say naturally, artificially happening. We pumped enough money into the system down, made things cost a lot more, and there isn't a lumber shortage. We're creating the lumber shortage. We're creating the coal shortage. We're creating the steel shortages here based upon the new uh, policies coming from the left. So the whole table, as we look at all this uh, type of thing that has been done, and Dow's going to include this in the notes. Thank you, David, for sharing this at rockoftalk.chat. And this is uh, really important. It's showing how much power that we are giving away and really sizing up Russia and some of these, uh, quote unquote, lesser countries, they're quickly catching up because the rules of the game have changed. It's no longer consumption-driven growth. 
It's going to be production-driven growth, and the United States will no longer be the hegemonic power that it once was, Dowd. Uh, very interesting stuff, and this is the kind of listeners we, we have. Uh, and uh, do, Eddie, do you know what, what, what piece was that posted to, the, the, the link, which article? Because I uh, believe, let's see, I don't know, I got the... <clears throat> I'll share it with you. Okay. I got the thread this morning. At, because we have, I mean, the last couple of weeks, Eddie, we, this is great news. People have really started weighing in more and more on, on kind of continuing the conversation on dot chat. Another reason you should subscribe, ladies and gentlemen, we got some real interesting folks. Um, I, 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 to. I like a lot of what was said. I questioned some other parts of it, uh, that little mercantilist stuff in terms of our economy's only economy. If we produce real stuff, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's not free market economics. Uh, that's mercantilism, but, I completely agree that we need to fully uh, reassess GDP. And I'll give you uh, two examples that I think about a lot, which is, uh, well, I, I guess I mentioned government. I mean, if you're paying a salary to a regulator who is trying to destroy an industry and imposing drafting, uh, taking public comment on, and then implementing regulations that actually weaken uh, our, our economy, <laughs> weaken our standard of living, how does that count as GDP? The fact that you're paying this person's salary as if there's some sort of productive addition to our economy. Uh, we, we have got to really seriously reassess this. I like the comment on porn. Uh, if you're paying some girl <laughs> and I, I the, loss. the New York post just, 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 uh, just, uh, uh, ran something over the weekend. I guess some only fans girl just bought a Southern California mansion for $4.8 million to, uh, money that was sent to the, to the only fans girl, because these simps all over the world are always just constantly giving these only fans girls money. Uh, is that is that engaged in productive activity? And Eddie, as, as the father of two young children, yeah. I always think of this. My mother, for years and years, and, and my mother and I would trade off a little bit. And then when I when the baby got bigger and he needed someone who could sort of carry him around and put a little male energy into him and maybe control him a little bit, because once those little fellows start to you know get on the road and move around, you know, grandma uh, isn't as much of a threat as a six foot tall uncle. Um, you know. All of the work, uh, gasoline that was purchased to go back and forth between New Jersey and Connecticut to raise this child who's 18 and soon headed off to college to become an aerospace engineer rock star. I'm not kidding. He's in a band that plays more and more in New York, and he's going to probably get a STEM degree in something like aerospace. Um, none of our work, none of our, as I say, sweat equity in that kid was uh, factored into GDP. But, this, but what we did back then that would be maybe perceived as a loss uh, and we, you know, we could have been working and, you know, my mother and I could have been working on an assembly line somewhere, you know, producing actual goods, but we were doing, uh, not parental, but family investment in a child who's going to end up, you know, helping Elon develop the aerospike engine. But, you know, our contributions were not figured uh, at the time, uh, they'll, they'll just sort of vanish in, into nothingness, but that was, that was tremendous. You were talking earlier about reading to kids, you know, we read to the kid nonstop and it helped, you know, develop his brain. So we have, uh, we count production in our society very, very weirdly. The fact that we count government at all in production is crazy. And I also think, and, and here's where I'll give the left a little bit of credit, Eddie. They have talked about the quality of life index when you're only looking at economic factors, you're only looking at you know median household income. We had multiple years in this country before the Rona where life expectancy was dropping because of what they call the um, deaths of despair, higher uh, drug abuse, uh, alcoholism. We have tremendous social disconnectedness. The, the percentages of people who, who report they don't have a close friend they could go to at a time of trouble. Um, quality of life, we need to reassess in our country because it's fundamentally different from 
the early industrial revolution period, you know, the first, say, 150 years, we've moved, you know, capitalism is such a force for productive, uh, you know, gener generation of wealth that we've moved on to a totally different culture now. So whether it's GDP or whether it's human happiness or human fulfillment or quality of life, I think we need new metrics uh, to figure this out because the old ways of counting are clearly extremely flawed. Uh, and I'm very grateful, although I might not agree with the subscriber entirely, I think he's making wonderful points. Uh, we, the, the old ways are gone, the old reality is gone, and we, ne we need new metrics to count how well we're doing, to measure how well we're doing, because in a lot of ways, we're not doing so great, folks, no matter what the GDP numbers show out of Washington. Well, I think the other thing I think is important is to realize what we value. Um, so you can't have consciousness if you don't know what to actually have value. Does alcohol actually have uh, any sort of, you know, positive, uh, you know, value? No, it doesn't. Are you producing anything that's of any true value? No, you aren't. Um, you might trade it. You might be able to gain some things, but are you getting something that's leading to some other level of product productivity? You aren't. And I think that's where, you know, we need to start drawing the line mm -hmm. in terms of what you can. I mean, when you're, when you're able to be productive, uh, uh, what does it mean to other, the value of other people? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I would say that a real estate agent by and large is, is, is largely very valuable oh. um, in, in keeping a people out of court. Sure. Um, you know, so that's a service sector. And that you know, mitigating force that hooks exactly. up buyers and sellers, would, that, that, that is not valued enough in our economy. I, I would agree people. with that because yeah. that is a very productive force. Yeah. You it's easy to dismiss them, but believe me, they provide a very valuable. And when you find that there's so much money that's involved in a transaction and you're keeping these people out of litigation in court and you're selling a product that they're investing, sure. that is where they're spending 25% of their household income and you have to guarantee that there's sort of a market force, that is good. An attorney is not some something that is a productive force. That is a very negative force. Many that times is a, very a, negative. A black hole. So <laughs> yes. I think we have to figure out where our consciousness uh, lies in all this. Are we awake? Are we aware? Do we know what's valuable? Do we know what's productive? And I think this is a different way to look at this. Yeah. Uh, so the consumptive force, uh, insofar as it leads to a higher level of GDP, if you remove that consumption force and the black holes, uh, porn attorneys getting trashed and drunk, uh, drugs, um, not a consumptive, not a driving force or for a productive angle. Now your top 10 is found every morning at uh, rockoftalk.chat. Become a subscriber today. We need to replace one of those subscribers. Uh, folks, we will get to some of the other stuff uh, tomorrow. Uh, thanks for indulging us on our discussion about inflation recessions and new ways of looking at the GDP. I certainly hope that you came away with something. Tomorrow we'll discuss the Fed, gas prices, um, and uh, Lee Zeldin. Uh, I think we'll jump into uh, that as well. And We'll touch upon Elon Musk plus a whole host of new topics as the day progresses. They're top five. Dowd, what were they? Oh, if Lee Zeldin could knock that governor out, wouldn't that be a wonderful? I know it's far from New Mexico, but it would, it would be wonderful for all of us. Uh, number one at rockoftalk.chat, your choices, the subscribers' choices for uh, what was most popular, the, the links I put out. Number one, report out of uh, Europe, the Daily Skeptic. 11 children have reported serious injuries from the vaccines in Iceland versus zero cases of actual harm and death for children uh, from getting COVID. Um, you know, small sample, but kind of interesting and, and kind of revealing. Not surprised it was number one. Uh, number two, cannibalism. The New York Times apparently is into cannibalism. It's time for us to think about maybe cannibalism, uh, destigmatizing cannibalism. Cannibalism has a place in human society, according to uh, someone who wrote an essay for the New York Times. Number three, Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, I wish we could just turn her around on green power and single payer healthcare because she's really good on a lot of other things. Uh, she says that the DOJ, DOJ, DOJ's 
prosecution of Steve Bannon uh, is politicizing uh, our, our law enforcement at the federal level, and I think she's uh, probably right. Uh, number four, Breitbart, Dave Chappelle calls his critics transgender lunatics, and he said that monkeypox is a gay disease. I think we're seeing the continued uh, decline of his career. Uh, <laughs> what? He, he was canceled in Minnesota over the weekend, apparently. So, uh, Dave, you know, I guess you can't say what you want in America, but we've known that for a while. Uh, you certainly can't say what you want if you work for the Reward Guessing Foundation. And number five, uh, not so modern modern monetary theory, uh, a website Eddie likes a lot, the American Institute for Economic Research, walking people through uh, the nonsense of MMT. Uh, check that one out, folks. Uh, it's not as complicated as it sounds. Rockoftalk.chat. Subscribe today, please. All right, folks. We'll see you tomorrow, bright and early, 4 p.m. Thanks for listening. Give it to me now. 4 a.m. We're at Miracle Mile.